Noon Hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome in 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, it is time. Happy Monday to everybody. Sitting in for Scott Gerard is my favorite, my very good friend, one of the best on air guys you'll ever find. Jake Scott. Jakey, how you doing, bud? You know what? I'm great. Uh Hans, I'm I'm excited, of course, to hang out with you. Um, but you know, I I waited a little bit longer in life to to have children. Yeah. And I love it that you have to go through this stuff before I do, man. It's, just, uh, it's like it makes me think like, okay, be ready for this. Be ready for Hans is going through this. Be ready for this. Okay. Mental you, note. You know, I used to, because you and I have been doing, really been doing radio together since I started having kids. Yeah. I think Ashlyn was maybe five, four or five. Right. Mac was just newborn. I think Rock was born the year that we started doing radio I rem- together. I remember when that happened. Yeah. And, and Riley was still just a twinkle in the eye. And and so you watched me doing the late night things and no sleep things. and, and All of the things. And then when you had Sadie, I started laughing a little bit because I'm like, <laughs> he's doing the late night thing. He's doing the no sleep thing. <clears throat> and uh, And now I'm just kind of going through it and you're just... It it never stops. No, the the surprises and stories they just never stop, and it's like. But I will say, and I'm not going to mention which kid it is. I've got a kid that's driven now for ten months, and this kid has now had three automobile accidents. So hmm. it's uh now one of them given was his friend was trying to be. Duke's the hazard and tried to jump hey. in the car and hit the side of the car and sunk the door in. I'm just going to say when you said I'm not going to give out which kid it is, but then you said his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I think you just I was eliminated. Doing the best I, could. <laughs> I think you just eliminated everybody. I was doing the best much, I could. Except for one. But you just sit there and you're like, gosh, man, can I just catch a break? Just a small break. But no, and, and I'll tell you, because you and Lloyd are kind of in similar but a little bit different stages and obviously completely different genders. But every stage has its difficulties. Oh, I'm you sure know it, does. it Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, you know it. Lloyd, you know it. Like every stage. And I'm just sitting here like, man, I kind of thought it'd cool out by now a little bit. But it seems no. like it gets more complicated. Things get more complicated. No question about it. Well, we need to... Uh help rock with the rules of the road man i guess so i would i thought i you know i thought after the the second one when i came down pretty hard but i, I will tell you he's going to be covering his own insurance premium and that's going to be tough one. that can make you responsible quickly. pretty quick now yeah i, I want to know is what kind of automobile is he driving did you guys get him a big old well, like tuna boat kind went, of thing or is it like a <laughs> it went, well it went from a five thousand dollar automobile to an eight hundred dollar automobile today so it's he's he's reduced it to pretty much a pile of rubble, 
But it's just a Mazda 3. It's basically a tuna can with wheels. But it's a great car, great gas mileage, good safety rating. It's got all the things that you want, except for now it's just completely smashed. It even comes with dents now. Oh, yeah, it's great. When I, <laughs> when I got it, too, it was it was awesome, beautiful. I was driving it for a while. Do you remember? I was driving. I'm like, this isn't half bad, man. Wow, good these Mazda re- actually do have reverses. Yeah, yeah that's, wow, this is neat. It's got a reverse, had AC. Really nice. All the windows rolled down when you press the buttons. Oh, he had AC. You know, my car didn't have AC. Jake and I have been doing this long enough. Jake's seen some of my cars. I've seen some of Jake's yeah, cars. Yeah, I didn't have AC in my car for a little while. We've been through some rough cars, yeah. man. Oh, I had that big. Remember my big Buick? God, your I big love, Buick was oh, pretty I rough. That car. Your, your big Buick That's was what rough. you need to get rock. Get him a, just a big, like, town car. Well, I just want to. I'd rather have his car crumple than whatever he hits. That's That's my worry now. I, You'd rather have his car crumb than whatever he hits. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be the other You're way. supposed to, but he's hitting a lot of things, so it's going to let his car crumple. Well, he'll be a star football player, and when that happens, you can just get away with anything, right? Well, that's definitely the hope. Uh, appreciate you sitting around for a third hour, couple segments here. Really do appreciate it, Jake. How'd, how'd last night go? Uh, well, the Spurs are not good. Wemby's weird. He's, I mean, funny how big he is. It's it, cool to see it in person. It's pretty bizarre, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is bizarre, but their team is just so bad. Let's start there. Uh, we'll jump into it starting lineup right now on The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Clarkson, Jessup to Lowry, left corner three. Pow! 90 to 72, Jazz by 18 with 50 seconds to play. In the third quarter. Starting lineups brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air Conditioning, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now to get the $59 furnace tune-up special, or you can visit them at leesheatac.com. I actually wanted to make this an all-rookie segment, Jake, because there were four pretty solid rookies on the court last night, one with the San Antonio Spurs that of note, and then the three Utah Jazz rookies. But let's start with this. Women Yama, you, you watched him. You saw him up close. How would you describe him? As far as what you just watched, how would you describe him? Um, He's very sleek. Like, 7'4", you shouldn't be able to move like that. And he moves so fluidly. And he's just all limbs. You know what I mean? All like limbs. all limbs and his arms get out so far. I mean, you're you're John Collins or Taylor Hendricks and you 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 pick him up where you think you've got him far enough away from the hoop that he's gonna have to put a move on you or something like that, and he just does a little drop step and his arm goes all the way to the basket. I mean, is that that dunk he had at the very beginning of the second half mm-hmm. is just like, well, what what are you gonna do about that? You know, and I think that you left gotta, hand put back, or that I left think you've got to play him physically. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jazz had more success guarding him with a smaller player than they did, say, Walker Kessler. But a guy like Hendricks who's going to get up in him and, and has some length of his own. But, I mean, he's just so physically unique. It's it's We've never seen it. Never I'll, seen it before. I'll tell you, there was a few times I saw him get out on the perimeter defensively and when 
somebody gets by him, he does not have the Rudy Gobert footwork no. or second step to, to trail and defend. And that was one thing I, I noticed was you get by him and you can get points by getting by him. Um, def- but he still had five blocks. But he still had five block shots. But the first was it the first two or was it? He had three right away. I think was it three right, right away? Right out of the game. I, I knew there was two, and I wasn't sure if there was a third. And then one they was- adjusted. They realized, okay, I can't get this shot off. He's weird. I mean, there's a reason he dressed like Slender Man for Halloween. He is Slender Man. He he needs to put on some weight, but not. I mean, I don't know. Kevin Durant put on weight, but you can't. He's never going to be. He's never going to be Hans Olsen. You know, he's never going to be big and broad. He just needs to be – he needs to have enough weight that he won't get pushed around and he's not going to get hurt. How much more slight is he than Rudy? Rudy now? Certainly way more yeah. slight than Rudy now. Maybe Rudy is a rookie. I I mean, you were around. You remember how, oh, how yeah. gangly uh-huh. and slight Rudy was as a rookie? I mean, he really – And I remember hard. what he was like when he left. Right. So, I mean, if he had the Rudy trajectory – he would he would be in really good shape because Rudy really filled out. But I'd say they com- they were comparable as rookies, probably. What area I'll give women Yam a little bit of credit. Here we are, February twenty sixth, and he's now played fifty two games in his rookie yeah. season, and, and, so, and he's way more skilled than Rudy could ever pretend to be. I mean, he's he's more than just a tall guy. I mean, he's really skilled. His offensive skill sets are ridiculous. But he you want- think he'll get there defensively? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, the thing is, is he wants to dribble, and I don't think he's ever going to be able to dribble. Not because he's not talented, but just because he's seven four. I mean, the ball has a long way to go when he's dribbling. You know. And, and, and by the way, when I was watching him with the ball in his hand or any movement with the ball in his hand, it would honestly, it would be like nearly like putting a tennis ball in your hand. Yeah. Or, or it's a different maybe thing. a little bit bigger, like yeah. maybe a softball. But but picture dribbling a softball with your hand. It's different. Yep. That ball is so little in that big old palm, it just doesn't fit right. I just don't know if that's ever going to be him, which is weird because I think he's physically able to do it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because his arms are so low to the right. ground. But like, he, Yao, he can get his hand down quite a ways. But like, yeah, Ming could never dribble at all. No, you know what I mean. And I don't know if he's going to be able to be a really effective dribbler. But with that said, he's got all the athletic tools. He fills out a little bit. I mean, he's he's really special. The rest of the the Spurs are are just awful. I mean, just. Awful. Wimby is ad- averaging 20.7 points and 10 rebounds a game as a rookie. He's at 21 and 10 just as a rookie. He is absolutely special. But you're right. The, the rest of that roster is a big stink fest. Where do you sit on Popovich? Are you kind of a pack up your locker and get out kind of guy? Or where are you at with Popovich? Uh, I was talking about this uh, with Ben after Steve Kerr signed his new deal. At some point, you're just looting the store, right? Like, you can't really fire me, so I'm going to take every nickel I can. I think that might be where Pop is. That and, like, and I mean this, I try to mean this nicely, but he doesn't really have a life. And so you eat, sleep, and drink basketball. And, you know, his wife passed and all that sort of thing. So, like, it might be one of those situations where... It's all he's got. It's all he's got. I mean, think... Mm -hmm. You know, think Joe Paterno in his later years. Or there, there are all sorts of coaches we could point to. I think, you know, uh, our beloved Jerry Sloan, I think, held on quite a bit because yeah. it was, you know, it was his life and that was his thing. And we see how quick they go when it's over. Right, exactly. It's like so, they, they call it quits and it 
goes downhill pretty quick. But, like, listen, this San Antonio team so far away from turning any corner, there's no way that Popovich is going to be the coach when they're ready to make the playoffs. What did you think of Zach Collins' minutes? I just, I'm just, i just curious because I, I thought when Zach Collins came out of Gonzaga, I thought he'd be a baller. He's soft. Pudding soft. Is he? Yeah. And everybody thought that. Everybody thought, oh, here's a guy, super skilled, big, yeah. a big, like all this sort of thing, but he can't do the other things you have to do. He's, there's a reason that he's on the Spurs because nobody else wants him. Hey, do you know what? If you want to make a jazz comparison, uh, Walker Kessler needs to toughen up a little bit. Mentally and physically. Oh, and physically. Yeah. He's got to play. He's got to play tough. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I and when say, he does, he's good. And when he doesn't, he's not. I would say it's it's more mental than it is physical with him. If he could toughen himself up mentally and believe that he belongs, you, you know, that was one of the toughest things for me. Jake was believing that I belonged in the NFL. It's a really hard thing. And I was talking with a longtime veteran when I was my second year. It might have been my third year. might have been the camp of my third year. And I was really struggling because I, I was moving positions. And he said, why not you? And and that was, a, that was something you really have to think about and reflect on. Why not you? It's got to be somebody. You know, you're 6'5", you're, you're 300 pounds. Why not you? And with Walker Kessler, it's like, hey, look at your body type. Look at your movement. Why not you? Yeah, you belong. So play like you belong. There's mentally, there's times I watch him where, like you mentioned, there's a time where it all pops. Uh, in fact, there was a dunk. Was it last night? Yeah, that reverse dunk. That last reverse night. dunk last mm-hmm. night. But there, there's moments every once in a while with him where you're like, oh, man, that's, he gets it. Um, was it maybe two nights ago he had a really – or two games ago he had a really nice block off of an aggressive move, something extremely athletic. And you're like, geez, man, great movement, great foresight, great belief. And then there's times where you're like, what? where are you? What are you doing? I'm surprised his minutes haven't even been cut back more because, you know, you're you're seeing a guy who's really struggling right now mentally. Well, and he needs to work on his skills. He needs to work on his foul shots, which have have gotten better. Because you can't play a player down the stretch who can't shoot foul shots. And the uh, a problem with him right now is his guy is going to be in the lane all the time when he's on the floor. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, you wonder why John Collins and Walker Kessler is not really smooth together is because they're both rim rollers, and that's their that's their appeal. I mean, that's their offensive, you know. And when both of them are on the floor, you're rolling one into the other's guy, right? And John Collins has actually been pretty good from three, but nobody's going to step out and guard him from three because Walker Kessler dunking is a way better shot than John Collins shooting a three, even on nights that he goes three of six like he did last night. You know, I think that big men in the NBA are – they're kind of a – it's such a particular skill, and it takes the right coaching and the right vision – and the right understanding. I remember one of my favorite conversations that I had with Sean Bradley on air um, many, many years ago, back in the, the red, white, and BT days. I think that was your your baby. Was that your baby? I think that was. <laughs> Lloyd, wasn't right? Red, white, and BT, wasn't that? That, was that wasn't the name of the show. And, yeah. That was me. But I was <laughs> red, white, and BT. Wasn't that it? It was red, blue, and BT. Yes, and red, blue, and BT. you know what? We had no resources. They said, put together a show for free. And I said, okay. <laughs> but anyway, why are we talking awesome. about that? Well, anyways, so uh, I was talking to, to Sean Bradley back then. And Sean was talking about the particular nature of 
the the skill set of the big man. And he said that it it takes vision and understanding, especially when you come into the NBA, people that really understand what it takes to get to a big man. And I can't remember who he was talking about, but even the the teaching the passing from a guard into a big man where they want it, where they need it to be successful with it, that the ball handling, the footsteps, all those things. And and I do wonder a little bit because we did see Alex Jensen at least co-help Rudy Gobert into a couple of defensive MVPs. And I look at Walker Kessler and I'm like, okay, his development first year to second year, where is it? Who's helping him with it? Because you can place it on a guy, but – you know, when you're a young big guy, that's like being a young left offensive tackle in the NFL. It takes a particular vision of a coach to understand the specifics of a big left offensive tackle. I can go in and I can coach quarterback and I could coach running back and I could coach receivers all in routes and blocking and those kinds. But there's a unique skill set to some of these individuals. And I look at Walker Kessler, I'm like, is, is he getting the proper – development and and coaching but i, I just because i don't know well, this this staff that that will hardy has brought in and put around him here's the problem that walker is going to run into um is that big that sean bradley was talking about doesn't exist anymore like the the most effective bigs in the nba have to be super skilled to your to your left tackle um comparison what would happen if all of a sudden to be an effective left tackle you had to throw the ball a bunch of left tackles would all of a sudden not be very good. You know what I mean? Like, who are the best bigs in the game? Joel Embiid doesn't really play like a big. Yeah, Nicole Jokic. Doesn't really play like a big. Not And again, when I'm saying that, I'm, I'm meaning in the yeah. Sean Bradley sense. In yeah. the big, brute center that used to exist forever in the 90s. That didn't need so, to shoot, didn't need to be skilled, just I, need to be big, tough, and physical. That doesn't really exist. Like, Brooke Lopez is big, tough, and physical – but what is he doing on offense? He's getting out of Giannis's way and shooting threes. Okay, so I would say with that, I mean, it's a great point, but that even furthers my point of you need a specialty guy that understands the big and what he can do in comparison to the guard. I'll take it to wrestling. You know, there are things in wrestling that your 110s up to 215s can do. Right. That your heavyweights can't do. Like, big bodies are, are different, and for a coach to ask a big body to do something in this scenario, like, it takes— But that's what's required of the big body now. Oh, and, and I get it. But that's why you've got to have the right big body with the understanding of what that big body can and should do to help them understand. Okay, we need—when you see this mark, you need to get out to that corner, and it's got to be fast— and, and this is the footwork. We need you to drop your left foot, point your toe at the corner, bring your right foot around, at the, and, and I need you to use that stride. And you need a big man that understands it because these guards are different than what a big body can do. And I'm just wondering, do you do you have the right guy, guy that understands the, the Kessler body and the movement of it? And, and you might, and it might just be Walker Kessler. Maybe he's not focusing hard enough on it. But I'm just not seeing the development in this year that I would hope. But that's common with a sophomore. So I'm also very, I'm also very understanding of it too, Jake. Like, like I get it, but I had so much more higher hopes for Walker Kessler. I wanted him to be a starter, and I wanted to see a nice uptick year two to year from year one. And I'm not seeing it. Well, until he develops 
more skill, it's you're not going to see it. And it probably wasn't realistic to, and I'm not saying about this about you. I, I would put myself in this category. It was probably not realistic to expect more unless his skill set jumped. Like his actual skill level offensively jumped. Because the grand experiment they've got with Rudy in Minnesota is that you're pairing him with Carl Anthony Towns, right? Yeah, right. So the idea is is that Rudy being completely inept offensively isn't hurting Anthony Edwards because Carl Anthony Towns is still drawing the bigs yeah. to, to him, mm-hmm. right? And it's working. A big problem with Rudy on the Jazz was is that Rudy's guy could be in the paint the entire game. And when Rudy's guy was in the paint the entire game, he, Donovan Mitchell was running headlong into Rudy's guy mm-hmm. because you're not going to guard Rudy anywhere. I mean, you don't care. Rudy had that one season hands where he set the dunks record and he yeah. rolled to the rim the whole season. The league took that away immediately. They're like, well, you're not going to do that. And then all of a sudden, Rudy becomes useless offensively. Completely inept offensively. And it takes away from everybody else mm-hmm. on the floor. And so you pair Ru- Rudy with Carl Anthony Towns, and that's the grand experiment that you can make a traditional big like Rudy work, even though he's inept. And you have to offensively. look at, and you have to look at what he gives you defensively to make it worth so, it to even have him out there. As long as as long as um, you know the Jazz guards are running into Walker Kessler's guy every time, well then he's going to be it's going to be hard. Yeah. So how does Walker Kessler develop the skill where he's useful offensively? Well, it it makes me wonder and it makes me nervous, and I hope the Jazz are patient with him because I do think inside that guy lies a a very great player someday a very great long long time player like I, you're not going to talk a little bit about, oh well i guess you're going to be taking off Actually, i think it's in no, sports I'm... roulette okay um we're going to be talking about the the fight that went down with uh butler and williamson and the guy that started it was actually kevin love and it's like kevin love He's still on the court. Kevin Love is still doing his thing for how many years, fighting through all kinds of, you know, mental illness and everything that he's gone through, and he's still doing it. Like, I look at a Walker Kessler, I'm like, Kevin Love can be out there for this long. You could be out there because he's got some skill sets. Well, see, Kevin Love's way more skilled than Walker Kessler. Well, he's, so beca- he's become more skilled. And and I do think he was more skilled when he initially came into the way league. Way more skilled. But I do want to see Walker Kessler continue to develop because I think – I think he's got some really great attributes. Well, the Jazz hope so. Well, I, I don't want to see him just sold down the river like we saw with Costa Kufis, and Kufis made it another eight years in the league. Yeah, but not as a guy. Mediocre. <laughs> but maybe. Best. But was a but was a role player. Man, he had a beak on him, huh? <laughs> uh, Lloyd hates it when I bring up Costa Kufis. I don't. He, Lloyd does not like my love affair. I'm fine Costa. with the with the Kuf, but like it's it's you he's, just have these he's weird. Never been good. No, Costa Kufis, Lee Kumar, Lee Kumar. I've got my my favorites. And I'd take Lee Kumar over 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 Costa. No, you would not. Stop it. I'm not going to let you do that. Lee's great. That's where you're going to draw the line. Costa's better. Um. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the other two rookies that we saw on the court. Actually, we'll talk about all three of them, Hendricks, George, and Sensbaugh, and what we're seeing from them. Got a couple of other things, talking about the court storming. Did you and Ben get into court storming a little bit today? We did, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to hear your take on that, so maybe we'll reset that and get into the rookies a little bit later. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, sitting down with Ethan from Teton. 
Ethan. What's up, guys? Long time no see. How you yeah, been? I'm just fine. Just enjoying the slightly warmer weather. But, Hans, do we need to talk about your car insurance and uh, repair costs, things like that? <laughs> Is that something we need to... Do I need to get looped into this? I'm uh, going to need to talk to you about uh, I'm going to need to move a couple of things. We'll free up some cash. <laughs> I don't know what I've got that I can move, but I, maybe, <laughs> oh, I know. We could get rid of these uh, these uh, cryptocurrencies that I've got. <laughs> Those are doing no it's good perfect for me. timing. It's perfect timing to get rid of them, right? Take a 70% loss on yeah. all the cryptocurrency I bought. Nothing like selling at the bottom. Have you bought any of that, Jake? Cryptocurrency? No. Yeah, I'm going to advise you don't. <laughs> when Ethan saw my numbers, he's like, yeah, you don't want to move that. No, diversification is good. But let's, it is. let's talk about this, Ethan. We're, we're trying to help people get retired and that's do it right. right. And that's absolutely right. And that's where we tend to kind of push the brakes on things like cryptocurrency is because if you're if you've got retirement in your sights and if you're that phase of your life where maybe you've already retired recently or you're really pushing really getting ready for it but you got to be you got to be pretty deliberate about the things that you're willing to include in your portfolio. There's a there's a well-worn path to a great retirement, and it doesn't have to involve reaching for crazy gains at the last minute. And that's what I think people really have to understand right now is such a tumultuous time. It is. You know, and we don't need to get into it, but our country's just kind of all over the place. It always happens in an election year. Yeah. And that's what's great about being affiliated with Teton is you guys can give good, constructive, sound, researched advice on what to do in those moments. We use what we call the Ascent Plan. The Ascent Plan we developed at our office at Teton Wealth Group to serve the families who come to us because there is that well-worn path to retirement. We believe more than anything that you deserve to live a life that you love. And when you take on that excess risk and when you don't have a good plan in place, you really kind of set yourself up for some big problems. You know, you here in America, the way to generate wealth over the long term is investing. And there are so many different ways that we can invest our money. But you've got to be prudent. You've got to be deliberate, deliberate. And you've got to have a plan. If you if you're looking at and let's do this, let's do this. Uh, so I'm not just talking this whole time. We want to give away 10 Ascent plans to the first 10 zone callers that call in during the Hans and Scotty show Great. today. So 385-800-7967. That's 385-800-7967. Let's just show you. We'll just show you how it works. I'll tell you, if you are trying to retire, but you're looking at the market conditions thinking, boy, I'm pretty nervous, this ascent plan is for you. If you are worried about inflation robbing you of your wealth and the ability to provide for a lifestyle over time, this ascent plan mm -hmm. is for you. And if you have been looking at friends and family members that have had great retirements ahead of you, and you're thinking, boy, how did they do that? How did they line that up? Yeah. This is for you. We'll show you. There's a well-worn path. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. We'll just show you how to get on it, how to pivot from where you are onto that well-worn path, and we'll show you how to live a life you love. If you're jealous about your friend's retirement, we can get you there. That's You don't have to be jealous. There, there you are people, Ethan, you're like, you're, he retired? Yeah, he retired. What? It's pretty nice. Yeah, he moved to his own place. He's, he's happy as... Pig and mud. Hey, uh, three eight five. I want to give you that number one last time. Three eight five eight zero zero seven nine six seven. Just call right now, and we'll get an ascent plan lined up for you. Yeah, I know it's a little bit more difficult number. It's not your typical eight zero one. So get your phone out and just put it in your phone right now while we're talking. Three eight five. Eight zero zero. Yep, you got it. Seven nine six seven. You got it. Put it in your phone. Call it up because we've got ten ascent plans that we're giving away. That's right. And. I did go through this, and I just want to help our listeners understand what they're going to go through. 
you basically compile everything you got. Yeah. And it's awesome because in one place, it shows you on different pie charts and it shows you different measuring sticks. And so you can see, oh, I've got this much in real estate, this much in cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. this much in, in my That's house, right. this much in income. And you That's can right. see it all in one nice little packet. It is such an amazing thing to have for yourself. And you know what this process really free. does is it reduces the anxiety because fear comes from the things you don't know. Yeah. Right. That's where we get anxiety and fear. So uh, 385-800-7967. That's 385-800-7967. You can just know. You don't have to wonder. Call now. We've got 10 plans available as it stands. 385-800-7967. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, guys. More Hanson Scotty coming up. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by the Hall of Famer Steve Young. I heard Boomer Sison make a statement that he feels like if Zach Wilson went and spent a year or two with Andy Reid, that he would be able to blossom as far as being an NFL quarterback. What is your response to that? Quarterbacks thrive with support. You'd think there'd be so many organizations that figured this out, and they just haven't. Zach is responsible for Zach's problems. Zach has to own that. No matter what, I think it's important that you say that and then make the changes, but I really believe of all the places that Zach could go to, my spot would go to Sean McVay and behind Matthew Stafford, because I think it's a spot where he could really understand the position, really get coached in a way that could be really profitable to him, and still could see the field in the near term, because Matthew's probably not going to play forever. Catch DJ and PK, mornings from 6 to 10, presented by Murdoch Chevrolet, proudly serving Utah since 1926, on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. With all natural ingredients, no preservatives, plenty of protein, G2G bars are perfect for anyone who needs a quick, tasty, nutritious boost. I can't listen to this song and not think of my very good friend sitting across from me. Oh, I love you, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I know you do. It's a great tune. We miss Jimmy. Jimmy. I know you love Jimmy. I know you love a little Jimmy I would think Buffett. you like this song because it's about food. I do. I, I like Jimmy Buffett. I, I used to not. I used to hate him. But then you get into the beach vibe and the, and the, the same vibe. vibe, and you're yeah. just like, okay, I get it. It's, Songs that are easy to sing along to? It, yeah. It really does kind of just cool you off, relax you out a little bit, set you in a mood. Well, once the Club Omni vibes leave you as you get a little bit older... Well, and you go to the more of the beach vibe. And you and Jimmy's uh, sharing an affinity for rum. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Who, Lloyd? Uh, no, you. Uh, <laughs> he's no prodigy, but he'll do. Hey, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the, the court storming. What did, what did you say with Ben? Oh, I think court storming, field storming is the dumbest, most dangerous thing that we just somehow allow to happen. And I honestly wouldn't. I'm not going to be surprised when some player feeds uh, a fan his own backside. One of the, and it's just going to be ugly and horrible, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Uh, it's surprised it hasn't happened more, for sure. The leading scorer and rebounder for Duke, he's a seven-footer, Filipowski, was injured on a court storming over the weekend. And 
Yeah, I, I love how they slow down the videos. This is the second major incident we saw. We saw it with Caitlin Clark earlier in the year. I think it was against, was it Northwestern? Uh-huh. That, where, the, where the fan hit into her or she hit into the fan, whichever happened first. But I love that they slow the film down. Slow down, you can look at it and be like, okay, that's intentional contact. You were looking for it. Sped up, that fan was cruising. It doesn't matter. That fan was cruising. It doesn't matter if the player tripped him or whatever. The, the player, that's his space, not the fan space. That's the player. This player is supposed to be there. The fan is not. So I don't care what the player did. How many uh, field storming situations did you have to put up with oh, in your career? Oh, man. Well, I had a couple that I was involved with that were our fans that was a lot of fun. I mean, the, the field storming is fun when it's your fans. It's, it's actually pretty cool. But... On the road? Oh, my gosh. That's a good question. On the road. I don't know if I was ever on the road in a field-storming situation. So I, I think at the University of Utah when we were up there, I think they got one win against us up there when I played. And the security was really good. Pretty darn good. I don't think – Jake, I never dealt with an on-the-road field-storming. No? That I can remember. Uh, uh, let me just bring up this video. So there's Bronco. Oh, yeah. I remember and this. Then there's the suspenders guy. And then if you just keep watching this when Bronco decides he's had enough. Trying to get through all the people. Yeah. And he's got two. He's got three law enforcement officers that are trying to get him back. Now, if you pause it, who's that right there in the background? Oh. Is that you? <laughs> That's see. you. Let's see. Oh, I got to go back. For I didn't know you were that close to suspender boy action. Right there. Is that you and PK? That's my guy, PK. And that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Standing right there when that happened. And frankly, when I saw this, I elbowed PK. I was like, oh, Bronco's going to kill this guy. And Bronco did. He took a step right Adam, to yeah. Suspenders Boy, and then Suspenders Boy immediately wet his pants. Oh yeah, and then and then ran away uh, in a in a cowardly fashion. But I would not like like Bronco at this point. He said in his mind, he said, "All right, my career be damned. I'm gonna kill this person," because the guy, the Suspenders Boy, rides him the whole way up the field mm-hmm. and just screaming at Bronco. He would be in the right. If he fought him. He would yeah. be in the right. That guy has no, his teeth in. no business doing that to an opposing coach. None. Like, and it, we shouldn't create the situation where that's even an option. Mm-hmm. Like, I speaking of Bronco, when Bronco lost, well, when BYU lost to Utah in 2004, when Gary Croton was going to be fired, everyone knew he was going to be fired. Gary did not come out to address the media after the game. Bronco Mendenhall did. And Bronco, they put him underneath the south stands, basically right where the the visitor locker room, the door yeah. is. And I think before it was renovated anyway. Mm-hmm. And so Bronco's sitting there doing media, has the stones to come out and do media, and even even though he's the defensive coordinator, how do you fans just kick snow on him from up above on the thing? <laughs> Just kick snow <laughs> right down on top. Were of you in the scrum? Yes. And you're like, really? Come on. You're gonna kick snow down on a coach? Listen, I I get it that we think that sports <clears throat> athletes and coaches are just television characters. 
Ontario people, you shouldn't have to put up with that. Mm-hmm. Ants, when you were playing at BYU, if somebody had kicked snow on you while you were doing an interview, you would have climbed up into the fan, uh, up into the stands, and and really made that person regret that decision. There's a good chance. And I would yeah. uh, absolutely defend you 100. percent there's a really good chance. You would have been run our test before run our you, test. You shouldn't have to put up with that, though. Yeah. You're just a football player. You don't get to kick snow on, on a football well, player. You don't get to yell at the opposing coach it all the way down the field. You don't get to do that. It definitely takes a, a different level when you're talking about being on my field of play, too. So I definitely took some heckling from fans that were in the stands, and I lost my mind a couple of times. Not enough to actually get in the stands, but enough to threaten them from the field. But I could see where they're on your game field and in your way, then that could be really, really potentially dangerous because that's that's my place. That's your space. It's my place. It's not you, It's not the fans. Don't get in my way in my place. Yep. I've got a couple of things here. Number one, uh, Filipowski, the, the Duke player that got hit, and it looks like he's injured. I think he's going to be just fine, but – they're, they're still playing it. The coach was talking about it this morning and said that they don't know if he's going to practice yet, but th- it doesn't look like the hit is damaging enough to the knee. This is what he said. He said, I absolutely feel like it was personal, intentional, for sure. There's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way off the court that they can't just work around you. There's no excuse for that. Totally agree with this. So I've got... I've always had a kind of a guideline for court and field storming. Like if, if it has to happen, if it's going to happen, there's a way to do it. I don't think there is. See, I disagree. There, I don't there's think a there way is. to do it. And this is the way to do it. All you got to do is make sure that everybody's on the same page, that as soon as that buzzer sounds— You've got tape and you've got security and you're holding fans back and you've got a roped off avenue for every athlete and coach to get off the court before a single person steps foot. And if somebody breaks the tape, if somebody starts to enter early, then that's fine. Charge them. Charge them. I, give, give them a citation. But allow the players and coaches to get off the court and field. And if you can't do that then it has to be completely shut down. And why not just shut it down? Hey, listen, in, in the NFL, the NBA, do they storm the court? No, of course not. They don't, so, and, but uh, there's also, I feel like that's kind of one of the things that separates collegiate sports. You know, the student body feels like they're a part of what's happening. There's there's parents that have young kids that want to take their young kids into a court storming or a field storming. I just wouldn't advise it. And and then there's some adults that are just grown men that want to get involved or grown women that want to go. I, I wouldn't advise it. It's the students that want to celebrate with what their team is, their school is, what their players are. They feel like, you know, like Lloyd and I were up the Spectrum uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, I've been up to the um, Marriott Center one yeah, it's time. Amazing. It's amazing. And, and I watched this. The students feel like they are part of it. Mm-hmm. So when they come down, there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I want them to come down. But in, in no way, shape, or form should they be on a court or a field before the opposing team has completely had the chance to exit. So you've got to build tape and you've got to build boundaries and you've got to say, hey, if you break the tape, you break the boundaries, we're handing you a citation. 
we're arresting you, whatever you're going to do. But but I don't want to completely take it away from them either because I do think that the home players have a blast with it. I think they have fun with it. At least I, I did a couple of times that I remember it being crowded in and people all around and high-fiving and asking for gloves and, you know, wanting your autograph. And, and those those are pretty memorable, pretty fun moments that that I, I don't want taken away. But if it was at the cost of Coach McBride, back when I was playing, if it was at the cost of Coach McBride getting hassled by a Cougar fan that doesn't know boundaries and Coach McBride getting in a fight and possibly getting charged and having this whole big incident written up, then no way. you got to allow those opposing players and, and teams to get off the court and away from this storming. And then I'm okay with it. You remember when uh, Utes fans stormed the field three times and it nearly lost Utah the game? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. The, the early storming. Three times. What was that like? Oh, seven, oh, eight. Mm, it was later, I think. I think it was more like two thousand eleven or ten. Was it like in that. there? I'd have to, I'd have to look at it. But BYU almost made that field goal. And speaking of PK, I was standing next to him again, and I said to PK, I said, "Imagine how mad Witt's going to be if the fans cost him a game. If the fans storming the field cost them a game, which it very nearly did. He would never forgive him. Oh, be so furious. Lose to BYU, nonetheless. So you just want it done, done. Grow up." You want it over. You over. don't even want the student body. To- I, I always bring you this up, and I hate that I have to do it, but I feel like it's it's the ultimate. Like, anybody who was around and paying attention when Monica Sellis was stabbed, it's just not worth it. Well, I definitely remember that. Yeah. The number one tennis player in the yeah. world at the time, yeah, steamrolling through the sport, she was never the same. Completely changed her career. And all she was doing was changing sides in between games. And somebody was allowed to run down and, and you know, you never my point is you never know how many wing nuts there are. Yeah. And you let them cl- like inventing things in their brain about again, the people that are perceived as T V characters that are real people. Well, I guess in today's world where we're at currently, Jake, maybe I wouldn't be as open to be crowded by two hundred and fifty people, you know, in, in a general area that I don't know a single name. Maybe, maybe today's different. Well, than, I, than, I just... That old crowd storming, but 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 even Monica Sells, that was like in the 90s, wasn't it? Yep. That was like 90. Well, I, I would feel bad for any University of Wyoming fan who stormed the field against a Hans Olsen BYU team and had the bad mistake of running at you. Yeah. They're, they're, that person would never be the same again, I am and I wouldn't blame you. I am surprised there's not more incidents. I am too. This Phil Pawski who took the hit to the leg. I'm surprised he didn't start something. Well, and then I feel bad for like Duke, like a team like that in specific. Every time they lose on the road, they have to I put know. up with that crap. I know. It would bug me too. Yeah. Th- and I think, wasn't Wake Forest a favorite in that? Yeah, two point favorite. Yeah, they were a favorite in that game. Yeah. Act like you've been there before. That that would kind of bug me. I, I don't want to take it away from them. I if, do. If I could find a way to make sure that the opposing team is off the court, then I would do that. Just understand the situation. But then, Jake, it really comes down to how many situations can you understand? Can you have the security? Can you have the tape? Can you have the boundaries? And and can you do this without the students coming over the boundaries? Because students will sometimes just find their way through anyways. But I feel like you billy club enough students that they're going to stop. 
Yeah. Nuff that's broken. the answer. Nuff Billy Club. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I you, like it. You very publicly Billy Club one of those court stormers, and you're going to probably think twice. Enough broken legs and you'll stop. You see that guy bleeding right like there? Hannibal Lecter style, right? I'm not talking about ripping off anybody's face, Lloyd. No, no, no. But you saw him when he beat the cop with the uh, with the with the Billy Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, from the movie. I'm yeah, not right. saying rip off somebody's face, but my my final take on this, and, and and then we'll take a break and move on. My final take on this is, especially in the world of basketball, I think it can be done. I think it can be done. Just get the opposing team off the court, and not a single individual steps on that court until the opposing team is off the court completely. <clears throat> And then I think you're okay. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, We've got What You May Miss coming up next. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. He played for the Utah Jazz from 2004 to 2011. He's an NBA All-Star and an NBA champion. Remember to occur. Your time in Utah remains beloved by Jazz fans. Do you feel that when you come to Utah? I always feel. I mean, it's, as soon as I step on the airport and when I'm here, even started from baggage claim to the hotel to the arena to the on the street, try to get a coffee. Like, I feel that love from people. And uh, that kind of shows me, especially my when I walk around with my kids and family, when I get that still, that love from fans, they're like, oh, dad, you must have done something good here, kind of feeling, you know? I was like, I guess I did it okay. <laughs> so it kind of like, get that love really, really, really like, makes me feel great. And I feel so still. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson, every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Basketball coach Lynn Roberts is going to join us after a fantastic win over the number seven USC Trojans this weekend. We'll just see how far this women's team can go. I mean, they were spectacular last year, absolutely spectacular. And Alyssa Pita continues to be incredible. That was a huge win. Yeah, led in points and rebounds. Alyssa Peely is unstoppable. And you you wonder how far she can take you. So we'll talk to Lynn Roberts at 110 today. So stay tuned for that. I did want to mention this because I think things are about to change as far as pro days go. Remember, we talked about this a little while ago, Lloyd, that the Big 12 is combining their pro day and they're doing it all at the Death Star there in Frisco, Texas. So they're going out to Jerry World. And they're bringing in Kansas and Kansas State and Oklahoma State and TCU and Texas Tech and West Virginia and Central Florida and Cincinnati. They're bringing in the whole crew, and you're all in one place, and you're going through your pro workouts. Is it – because I thought I had heard – and maybe I'm wrong on this, and you tell me. Is it invites only? It's like you have to be actually invited. Or is it whoever is going to be trying to go pro? I think you submit. The, the teams do submit, yeah, uh, the, the programs do submit, the yes. schools? Okay. Yeah, I, b- I believe the programs I thought I had heard that names. they had to be, they had to be uh, invited. Yeah, I, If that's the case, I thought that, I was like, that's weird. So what if you don't, what if you're not a big name or whatever, and you're still, you have that dream, that NFL dream? I thought I had, I, I had heard that, but I'm, that's why I thought I'd ask you. I wasn't quite sure. I'll send off a text, double check. You know that. what I'm saying though, right? Because that would be. If you're not like a big household name that's you know expected to be a big deal, that that'd be kind of a bummer not to 
uh, have your your pro day that would be normally at BYU or at Utah, and you're just you know you're hoping to to show something. I'm just shooting off a text to uh, one of the coaches at uh, at BYU. I'll get, I'll let you know if I get something back from him. But I, I thought that it was just a, a submittal process. I thought if you're ready to uh, move on that you submit and there might be an approval process. There may be some selection process, but I have to imagine that they, when they agreed upon this, that it, it came down to being able to include whoever you wanted, because this is really your shot. Now, remember, Big 12 decided to do this, I think, largely in an opportunity to sell it and try to make money off of it. I do think that you're probably going to have more eyeballs on you, but the talent pool is going to be so saturated. Yeah, no, actually, you're right, Lloyd. Yes, you do have to be invited to the See, Big 12 See, I, I think that's... I don't know if I like that. Like, like what if you're a, you know, a player that you you still have that NFL dream and you want to show something? Because, I, see, I, I thought I had heard that that was kind of the some of the issues that schools maybe had. That, like, there's players that want that maybe don't get invited that they have something to show. Um, what, yeah. do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, uh, just kind of getting some answers back from one of the coaches, but um, – Yeah, they they did not want they don't want to waste time with guys that don't have an NFL shot essentially, and so they're inviting the guys that they feel like have an actual NFL shot or opportunity. And I will tell you, after having been to years and years and years of the pro days at every one of the universities, you know, at some point in the state. There are a lot of performers out there that you're like, yeah, but I know, like I know, it's the dream. I get that, but you, and I you get didn't that even play this year. There's seniors that didn't even play, and they're out there on pro day trying to put up numbers, and and that you know that can be a little overwhelming. The other thing is, if if I'm headed out to the Big Twelve pro day, I want to make sure that I get my time, you know. And if you got everybody's guys, I can understand why that would be. Uh, a little bit frustrating for the NFL scouts that come out to that pro day. But that is interesting, though, Lloyd, because, yeah, that, that bums me out. If I, You know, if I am a fringe guy and I didn't get a Big 12 pro day invite, I'd be like. Maybe you were banged up and you did get shot. an invite and you thought and there was maybe you have some a, a skill set that might might translate to the NFL. And that is that's your shot. Hmm. Well, the. Big 12 Pro Day goes down March 25th, again, at the Star in Frisco, Texas. So you're going to go out to Jerry World. I'm sure that we'll have some people out there covering it. I, I've i got to imagine that BYU is going to have five or six different guys that will be involved in that, putting up some numbers. But this Big 12 Pro Day is interesting, the way they've changed it. Hanging out with Ethan from Teton. And I will tell you, I've worked with Ethan, and – Really just sitting down and getting a better understanding of what your future looks like right. is worth every minute. Yeah. And Ethan, you're offering people a free opportunity to 10 of our listeners. That's right. 
the first 10 of our listeners that call, you're offering them a free opportunity to sit down. And is it what you went through with me? Uh, yeah, it is. It's called the Ascent Plan. The Ascent Plan covers all the key areas that you need to have handled for a great retirement. This is not rocket science. It's a well-worn path that so many of your friends and family ahead of you have followed this path to a prosperous and joyful retirement. And you've got to have a plan for your income, investments, taxes, health care, and your estate. And that's what's wrapped up in the Ascent Plan. So if you are getting ready, ready to retire. Maybe you have retired, right? And you're looking at this thinking, how how on earth do I make this stick? Well, you use the Ascent Plan. So call right now, 385-800-7967. That's 385-800-7967. And you're right, hands, there's no cost to this. And so let me just pull back the curtain a little bit because every time I say there's no cost to this, people go, yeah, right. Mm, there's um, something. Yeah. yeah. So here's how it works. So we're going to spend the next probably two weeks doing the 10 ascent plans for the 10 of you that call in, okay? Two or three of you are going to say, you know what? I love this team. Their office in Murray is convenient to me. I like the outlook. I want to work with them. And that's awesome. That's what we're looking for, right? The other seven of you, you're going to get the full ascent plan. This is the same ascent plan that we do for our client families. And it's yours. You take it home. If you ever need us again, you just call us. That's how this works. Yeah. So don't feel like you're getting hooked into something because you're not. 385-800-7967. And I'll tell you, at Teton Wealth Group, we believe more than anything else that you deserve to live a life that you love. And I know from firsthand experience how much financial questions and anxiety can disrupt that and get in the way. Put the phone number in your phone. Just grab your phone, 385-800. That's 385-800-7967. Put it in your phone and dial it up and and. What I would encourage you to do with this, because I think we're all interested in what's our future look like, what's our direction look like, right. what does our current situation look like. Just it's fun because you sit down with Ethan or you sit down with somebody from Teton, and it's it's pretty incredible because you, yeah. you bring up all your assets and all of your things, and you've got it there in one nice tidy binder yep. that gives you all your indication and directory. And, and it's amazing too how much peace of mind that brings you. You know, this process doesn't put money in your account, right? This this ascent plan doesn't come with a million dollars, but it's amazing to see though, once you have everything on paper, you have a little bit of a direction, boy, that anxiety just starts to melt away and suddenly your problems become really manageable and that is so valuable. Well, I'm in my mid-40s and when I sat down with Ethan, you know, he just gave me some tips, some things like, hey, yeah. we need to double check on this life insurance issue. Yeah. You know, and it was like, well, okay, let's take a look at where we're at with life insurance. Are we hitting the number that we need to hit? So at every age, every individual has something that they can gain from this. That's right. 385-800-7967. Give Teton a call. Excited to catch up with the head coach of the Utah women's basketball team, Lynn Roberts, coming up next. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
boy Scotty G is on a flight headed out to Fresno. He's going to be calling that game coming up tomorrow. And I guess the flight got canceled. He had to jump on at 11 o'clock. But it's looking like we're going to have Scotty ready for us at about 2 o'clock. So maybe the top of the two. And we'll talk about this Aggies team. We'll talk a little college basketball. Talk about the Utah Jazz win last night. Finally getting off a pretty ugly losing streak. Beating the San Antonio Spurs 128 to 109. But Scotty's doing his doing his thing out there with the Utah State Aggies. And it's a good team. Can't wait to see what they do with Mount West Conference play and how they kind of wrap things up there. But I know that this team is unified. They've got athleticism. They've got size where they need size. They've got fantastic coaching. And they're in a pretty tough conference, too. And so Scotty G will join us probably sometime around 205, 210. That's the hope, is that we have Scotty G ready to roll at the top of the 2 o'clock hour so we can get into a couple of things with Utah State, um, specifically on how they finish things out. But the Utah Jazz kind of figuring things out last night. Larry Markinen ended up with 21 points. You know, we got to see Victor Weminyama, who is a spectacular, I you know, Jake, I believe Jake called him sleek. I would call him the most unique body that the NBA has ever seen. I don't think the NBA has ever seen a body like Victor Wembanyama. It's just so fluid and unique and long. Jake talked about his limbs. His limbs are definitely long, but the, the overall torso is insanely long. And it's, you know, you, you look at him and you think, okay, how great can he be? And how long can he be great? He definitely has to put on some size. He definitely has got to figure out some things defensively because all Utah Jazz fans watching last night saw him anytime he went out to the perimeter, somebody was going to get by him. And it didn't matter what size they were. You get by him and he just doesn't have, he doesn't quite have the technique or maybe the drive or whatever it is to turn and trail defend like Rudy Gobert did so well. But he is something else to watch offensively. What a special talent. Keontae George hit a couple of big threes and had some big moments last night. It's always good to see Keontae George doing his thing. Continue to see those rookies thrive. Taylor Hendricks is a guy I think we're all watching. Want to see Taylor Hendricks grow, become better. And he's showing that. He showed at least some toughness getting into Victor Wimiyama's chest a couple of times, but... San Antonio, at the beginning parts of the fourth quarter, went on a 15-5 to run and got that thing within nine. And I was thinking, oh, boy. I was thinking, here we go. Uh, I thought at that point, I thought maybe San Antonio makes a run and catches up with the lead and figures out a way to win that thing. But luckily, the Utah Jazz stepped back on the pedal. I think they went on a was it a 12-8 or something like that, 12-6 to run to extend to 12 points again and finish it out the way they needed to finish it out. But the tough thing with the Utah Jazz, their schedule only continues to increase in difficulty. And so we'll be watching the Utah Jazz really closely, how they're able to finish out their final 24 games. Excited now to be joined by the head coach, the Utah women's basketball team, Lynn Roberts. Coach, how are you? 
I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. It's great to catch up with you again, especially uh, a day after a phenomenal win. How'd that thing go down last night? How excited were you? Yeah, that was great. You know, we we played uh, when we played UCLA and USC here. We beat them both. Uh, they both were our top ten at the time, and and so we're going down. We you know five weeks later go down and play at uh, UCLA on ESPN Thursday night and just completely laid an egg. We were awful in every sense of the game. Uh, and, you know, we had a kid get six stitches on top of her head, one of our best players. It was just, it was like the wheels fell off and, and uh, it was awful. <laughs> but it's February and, and there's no time to feel sorry for yourself or dwell. So you just move forward and it's really proud of our team bouncing back, playing uh, currently number seven USC at USC with, you know, one of the best players in the country. Um, probably behind Caitlin Clark, you know, she's Juju Watkins. She's unbelievable. So we played there and obviously Alyssa Peely's former school and team, um, you know, tons of people packed house and, and we got the win. So that's our fourth top 10 win of the season, which is awesome. Um, but just more proud of our team for all the adversity we've faced this year and just kind of our ability to keep, you know, getting back up and swinging and, and, you know, and now we're heading into March, and it starts to get really, really fun. That's incredible. That just the the number that you threw out there, fourth top ten win. I believe all four of those are in Pac-12 play, if I'm not mistaken, unless I'm forgetting an early season game. But that tells you how tough this conference is, Coach. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I was I was speaking with uh, somebody that you know, just in terms of the NCAA committee and seating and all of that, um, and it's ridiculous. And and so us playing all each other helps our strength of schedule, but it kind of hurts because we beat each other up in terms of wins and losses. So, uh, but right now I think there are eight teams in the top 25 in terms of all the, you know, not just net, but like kind of, and, but including net strength of schedule, there's five different things where they, you know, the kind of the algorithm that they use on the women's side. Um, so there's five teams, or I'm sorry, eight teams in the top 25. So it's bananas. And when it's all said and done, we will have played, I think, 16 teams in the top 25 during the season. <laughs> so incredible. it's just ridiculous. But uh, we'll be back, you know, all of us that will make the NCAA tournament. And right now there, there could be eight. Um, we're all going to be battle tested. And all these games that we're playing, they're, you know, they're NCAA tournament type games. Um, and that's why the Pac-12 on the women's side does so well in the NCAA tournament. You know, I played sports for a long time, Coach, and I had a lot of different coaches tell me that every year was so different, regardless of how much, uh, how, how many teammates you might have lost in a given year with the uh, end of eligibility. But uh, how much different is this team compared to your Sweet 16 team last year? It's different. And, it, I mean, that's it's such a great distinction because even if you have a lot of the same ingredients um, from a team, you know, from year to year, the, the recipe always comes out different. And, um, and that's kind of the beauty of team sports and, and, you know, that's the challenge of it and the beauty of it. Uh, but the team, you know, we had everybody back of our top eight players and, uh, from a sweet 16 team, but then we lost to our, our starting point guard and, and then Gianna Neepkins, it was 34 points a game. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had the team that we had in terms of the potential since November 14th. And <clears throat> so it's been a year of adjusting and adapting and, um, you know, we we have not been at full strength all year. And, you know, and even now we've got kids coming in and out and, and it's just part of it, you know. And so you have to adapt and you have to recruit depth so that when it happens, you don't completely fall off the, the wagon. And uh, 
so the team is very different, but the culture is the same. And what these guys are made of is the same um, in terms of, you know, we pride ourselves. And, and it's not too different than football. I think that's what Utah Athletics, you know, that's where your success, you can hang your hat on just kind of being that blue collar. We're going to out-tough you, outwork you. You might have more five-star athletes than us, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. So that's kind of what our culture is. It's, a, it's, it's you know, we want to win more than we want to get ours, and that's how we play. So like yesterday, as an example, we scored – 23 we made 23 baskets and had 21 assists um with having one of the best players in the country in Alyssa Peely so we're not just throw the ball at her and get out of the way and you know it's it's a fun style and our culture is about us over you know the individual talking with the great Lynn Roberts head coach for the Utah women's basketball team she's doing a fantastic job took this team to the sweet 16 last year has this team primed and ready doing some great things got a big time win over number seven USC last night on the road, which was really difficult. And I didn't bring this up, and I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you had mentioned it just talking about the weekend. So when when you're top-end coach, and, and you've obviously you've, you've developed into something that's just incredible here, do you come home and think more about the loss to UCLA or, or more about the win to USC? What sits heavier on you? <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, I'll tell you what, after that USC game, that, that weighed about as heavy as, as a two-ton truck on me. Uh, and, you know, I think at this point in the season, I don't care what team you're coaching or what team you're on, whether you're in last place or first place or whatever, like you know who you are and you know what makes you good and you know what makes you bad. And on Thursday, we did all the things that make us bad. And the frustrating thing for that about that as a coach is we all know. The players know, we know. So it's kind of head-scratching. I was more dumbfounded than anything about why did why did that happen um, not to say that we had to beat UCLA I mean we did at our place but it was just the way we competed um, so that one weighs on me more but I'm incredibly you know it's hard on the road you lose like you did on national tv to pick yourself back up and compete the way we did you know two days later like that that's what I'm most proud of with our group um, that was a hostile environment and Alyssa Peely's getting booze and um, you know, USC is good and, you know, a lot of people and it, it was hard. Uh, but the way we competed and fought is what I'm most proud of. So, you know, and like I keep saying, it's February, like we got to move on. So we play Washington State on Thursday. It's no longer about the win at USC, but I hope for our players, it gives them a little boost of confidence and some wind in your sails because February is hard. You know, you're playing teams for the second time. They know you so well, you know them so well. You know, everyone's ready for the NCAA tournament, and you got to stay present, stay grounded, or you're going to trip up. Is Alyssa Peely one of the toughest competitors you've ever been around? I mean, taking the booze that you talked about, she comes out of there 23-9, and nine, leading the team in both points and rebounds. Is she, she the toughest-minded, toughest character you've, you've coached? She's one of them for sure. I mean, we've got a lot of them on our team. I think that's why we've been successful. Um, but the amount of pressure and attention she gets is is the most I've ever seen. You know, everywhere we go, and I've shared this, but it's true, and it happened yesterday at USC. Everywhere we go, there is a crowd, and I'm talking hundreds of people waiting to get a picture with her, an autograph, mm. um, you know, whatever, a selfie. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, as I've joked, like, we're all waiting on the bus for her, but she takes the time to, to greet and engage with every single person. And it's a, it's a different demographic, too, right? Like, uh, there has never been, I, I heard the other day, there's never been a Polynesian in the WNBA. And there's going to be, which is pretty cool. 
um, but she's also half Native American, and and so, um, you know, she, her her demographic reaches uh, uh, across you know boundaries that have never been crossed. Wow. So you know, there's all these people that come out to see her because it's they've never seen anyone that looks like them be on the stage she's on, which is that's what representation is, and that's why it's so important. So to handle all of that. Uh, and still, as you said, put up 23 and nine and, you know, go 12 for 14 from the free throw line at the end because they were fouling and yep. they just kept fouling her and knocked them down with the booze and all the things, the students behind her. Like she is tough and she has an ability to focus when it counts. I'll tell you what, Coach Roberts, this is I've never seen women's basketball with this kind of notoriety and, and attention. And, you know, it does take superstars and it takes good teams and. The Bayou Barbie is incredible. You brought up Caitlin Clark. You throw in Alyssa Peely. And we've got one of the best group of women's basketball players that brings people's eyes to the TV screens. But it also creates a heavy load of competition. And i got to imagine it's pretty hard coaching in today's climate. It is. It is very hard. And like I said, in the league we're in, there is no time to, you know, exhale. Like you just got to keep pushing um, and if you can make the NCAA tournament, which we will, but, you know, that's the goal, uh, then you feel like there's some confidence because you, you've battled. But, yeah, it's hard. Recruiting's hard. Every You know, it's, coaching is – that's why we're all – us coaches are all a little weird. Uh, you know, to get into this and to love it, uh, you got to be a little different. <laughs> but uh, I do think that the it is incredibly rewarding. This is my 22nd year as a head coach. Um, I don't feel that old, but evidently I am. Um you know, the, the growth of the game, even in the last five years, has been remarkable. Uh, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, you mentioned the names. I think, you know, on the men's side, I've heard a lot of people say, like, I don't know who the best players are on the men's side in the country, right? Like, it's because they're, you know, that they're either one and done or they're transferring or whatever. And so on the women's side, because you can't leave college early to go to the WNBA, um, you know, they're, they're staying in college. And, and so you fans and, you know, media and all the things, you get a chance to know the personalities and get to know the people. And sports comes down to that, right? Like you want to know who you're watching and, and feel a connection to your team or to the player or whatever. So I do think we've got the ball rolling in the right direction. And, you know, attendance is up. Our attendance is up 75% in the last two years. Like, it's just, it's booming, and it's incredibly cool to see. It's incredibly cool to see, and it's a lot of fun to cover. And it's it's great for us because we we love great sports, and that's what it's become. And your team yeah. has, has been so special, you know, and it's demanding attention, and I love it. I, I want to get to... I want to get your philosophy on the Pac-12 tournament. I, I know losing in the quarterfinals to Washington State wasn't what you'd hoped last year. It, uh, you've got two games to finish out the regular season, the two Washington schools, and then you're on to the Pac-12 tournament. How do you approach that tournament? Is it a, a win at all costs, or is it, hey, brush up, get ready for turn up, the big tournament play? How do you approach that Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, it's a great question, too. It's, it's hard because – you know, last year, going into the Pac-12 tournament, we were sitting as a one seed, and then we lost in that quarterfinals. We just, you know, we had beaten Stanford at home a few days earlier and clinched the Pac-12 and all the things, and I think we were just emotionally spent. Um, I didn't, you know, none of us planned on that, and it wasn't like, hey, guys, just let's take it easy. It doesn't matter. Um, so if I think if we had won one of those games, we probably would have stayed a one seed, but 
you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. We didn't, and so we were a two. You know, this year we're in a little different situation because we're kind of teetering at a four or five seed. Mm-hmm. And on the women's side, the top uh, 16 teams, so one through four in each side of the four, you know, four regional bracket, get to host the first two games of the tournament. So that's a big deal. And you want to be a four more than you want to be a five, right? Because then you get to host and that your chances of winning go up. Um, and they do that on the women's side. One, for attendance, just to make sure that those first couple games there's fans. And two, you know, it's it's historically been we want to put the best teams forward and make sure that we're getting um, the best teams and the, and the biggest TV slots. Well, now there's so much parity. It's going to be interesting if we stick with that model. But um who knows what the whole NCAA, what models we'll stick with, right? Like yeah. there's a whole lot of things in the in the air, but that's one of them. Uh, so we definitely want to host. So we need to, you know, if, if that's something that is in our sites, which it is, we got to focus on Washington State, and then two days later we got to focus on UW. And then I think we've got to go into the Pac-12 tournament this season thinking, you know, we got we got to do the best we can so we can host. And uh, so it's kind of a it's kind of both. Like let's do the best we can because we want to get ready for March. Um, I think there's a less, you know, and I've been in it two years ago where we were, we were in the tournament, but we wanted to make sure and, 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 you know, lock ourselves in and we made it to the championship and be, and, you know, turned out to be a seven seed. So I think it depends on where you're at in terms of how you look at the tournament, but, you know, you get everybody down there in one site and, and suddenly the competitive juices get going and everybody wants to beat everybody for the last time. And this truly is the last time. It was pretty special that you got to host Gardner Webb in Princeton last year. I thought that was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was neat. And, and what an experience in the, and Salt Lake city showed up and, you know, we had over 10,000 for, for the games. And it just was, a you know, I've always said Salt Lake city is a basketball town and and it's been incredibly rewarding to see it, you know, kind of catch on fire with women's basketball, not just the Jazz or, you know, the running youths, but let's let's throw us in there too. I think people like good basketball, and that's what we're doing right now on the women's side, and we want to keep it going here in Salt Lake. No question about it. It really is. It's fantastic basketball, a lot of fun to watch. I hope people are tuning in, buying tickets, and getting out there to see this Utah women's basketball team because it's unique and it's special. I, I, I should let you go. Can I throw one more question at you, Coach? I, Absolutely. I, I'm so curious. You kind of briefly mentioned it. Is is name, image, and likeness, is it really leaking heavy into the women's side of sports too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as leaking. I would say flooding. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, huge part of it. Um, I think probably, you know, men's and women's basketball and football are probably the biggest faces, um, you know, across the board nationally. So I know at, at Utah Gymnastics, just because of the, the state, the status of our program, but not everybody, you know, not very many people have gymnastics. So, um, but in terms of, yes, it is a huge, huge deal. And, you know, for better or worse, it is what it is. Adapt or die. So we're in, we're in the space for sure. Yeah, that's tough. And I, I've got to remember, I got to imagine having a little bit of notoriety and some success has to help you get those boosters and the dollars and, and the money put together for the collectives. But just keeps getting more and more difficult. Free transfers for everybody, Coach. And it, it's a little frustrating on air, I'll tell you. All of us trying to keep track on, on air and transfers and name, image, and likeness and collectives, it, it gets frustrating to even track, let alone having to coach it. It's got to be really tough. Yeah. 
It does, but you know, I think back when I played, and even in the, the the first time, you know, first few years when I was coaching, I think this is what happened. You know, the pendulum always swings too far, right? So back when I played, and when I first started coaching, like the student athletes, you could do anything with them, right? Like you could run them at midnight if you wanted to. You didn't have to feed them. There was just, you know, they they didn't get any extra. Uh, you could go into a bookstore and and buy, you know, JJ Reddick's jersey at Duke you know, the highest selling Jersey ever in Duke history. And he wouldn't, you know, he never got a penny of it. So now where it's swung so far the other way to where it's, it's kind of like, Whoa, like maybe <laughs> can we find a happy medium? Yeah. And I, you know, just like everything else, I do think it'll swing back on some level. Um, but we're just in the midst of a, of a change and, and transition and it's, it's uncomfortable and it's, you know, maybe it's not perfect, but I do have faith that it'll swing back to where it's a little more regulated and logical and benefits both the athletes and the, the institution. So that's my hope. And, you know, I hope I'm still coaching when that happens, but I do believe that will happen. I hope it happens, too. You know, my co-host here on the show is Scott Girardi. He's the voice of the Utah State Aggies, and he's actually on a flight called the Fresno State game tomorrow. And, Coach, they had a roster that came back that had not scored a single point for the 2022-23 season. Not a single point returned. I know. I've been tracking that. What an incredible coaching job and leadership there to get that group playing the level they're at. It is. It's it's possible, but I think Coach Sprinkle is going to lose some hair over this because it's, <laughs> it's got to oh, be difficult. Yeah. It is hard. And, and the, the hard thing, you know, when you recruit high school kids, you, you start recruiting when they're 15, 16, right? So by the time they get to you at 18, you know them, you know their family, you know kind of, you know so much about them. They've visited at least once, maybe twice or more. And there's a there's an actual relationship there, right, that, that has a foundation. The transfer portal, transfer portal is hard because it's a, it's, a, it's a microwave recruiting. Like it's two, three weeks and kids are making decisions. So you think you know what you're getting. You hope you know what you're getting. Um, and it's, it's a two-sided coin. They hope they think, you know, they know what they're getting. And that's why it sometimes doesn't work because it's like what I thought in that microwave process isn't what it is. Um, and not to say anyone was wrong in it, but, you know, and that's what's hard with the recruiting out of the portal. You don't really know what you're going to get. So it sounds like at Utah State they got some good guys, but that's not always the way. <laughs> Well, Coach Roberts, I've kept you way too long, but you're one of our favorites. I appreciate you taking a few minutes, and I'm going to encourage everybody to get out there for the final two regular season games. They're going to be played up there at the Huntsman Center before they get into Pac-12 Tournament Championship action. you got to get out there and take a look at this team. Support them. They're fantastic. Coach, thank you so yes, much please. for your time. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Yep. That's the great Lynn Roberts. She's spectacular. And I love what she's doing with this Utah women's program right now. Big time win over number seven USC just last night. And she's kind enough to take a few minutes and jump on with us today. All right. We're in studio hanging out with uh, Teton, Ethan from Teton. And That's right. we're just helping you get set up and yeah. ready to go do the things that you want to do. Yep. Is that one of your favorite things, working with people and seeing that light in their eyes like, oh, I'm almost done after 45 years of working. Honestly, that's actually the number one thing. So when I when I made this pivot over into the financial world, I was chasing a longer runway, some more opportunity professionally. What I didn't expect is I didn't expect to feel so good about the work. I didn't expect it to be so rewarding. But, you know, when, financial questions and anxiety can 
just erode us, erode our relationships, erode who we are, just slowly erode our confidence, just slowly over time. And when you have the opportunity to step in and help somebody overcome even just a few of those things, boy, it's hugely rewarding because you can see the kind of change that takes place in their relationships, yeah. in their family, in their own personal lives. And, you know, we all need a purpose to live, right? Especially when you are looking forward to a retirement, your purpose for so long is your work, right? And raising your family. You hit retirement, suddenly your family doesn't really need you in that same way. Your work doesn't need you at all. And now what's your purpose? And so being able to help each other live, help, help people live into their purpose. That becomes our purpose yep. at Teton Wealth Group. And I, and I just, With I love financial responsibility. I know yeah. we're not here to talk philosophy, but, yeah, that's, but that's, uh, but that's a great thing. It's, it's been really cool and I've really, really liked it. And, and I'll tell you, uh, how to find that purpose and how to reduce that anxiety is at Teton Wealth Group. We use the ascent plan. Every family that we work with has an ascent plan. And that's how we, plot out that pathway into a great and prosperous and joyful retirement. And so what we'd like to do is if you don't have an ascent plan yet, you definitely need one. So call right now, 385-800-7967. That's 385-800-7967. We're going to do, we're doing 10 ascent plans to the first uh, 10 listeners that call in during uh, your program. We still have plenty of spots. We do. We still have uh, we still have several available. So three eight five eight zero zero seven nine six seven. So if you are you know really looking forward to a great retirement, but you're worried that you're not making the right moves now, that you're you're in some way sabotaging yourself. Well, this ascent plan is for you. If you're worried that you're just getting a real late start. This ascent plan is for you. Maybe you've already retired and you're thinking, how do I survive inflation? What if we see another market downturn? This ascent plan is for you because you don't need to reinvent the wheel. There is a well-worn path. I always call it the well-worn path to retirement that so many families ahead of you have taken. That's what you need, right? Find that well-worn path. And that's what the ascent plan does. 385-800-7967. Put it in your phone. Call up. One of the next 10 is getting an opportunity to have this free ascent plan given to them, 385-800-7967. And I've been through this ascent plan with Ethan. I want people to know. And I sat down, and it's great because I sit down, and I I give you the 401k numbers, and I give you my rental properties, and and I give you Roth accounts that I've got, and give you, you know, home and what we're at with our Mm -hmm. different homes and, and real estate and and it all comes together to show you that well-worn path yeah, so you know where right. you're at, where you're headed. And that's it's exactly really nice. Right. It's very easy for us to show you, okay, here's what's going well, here's what needs work, and here are a couple of things that we think will get you there. 805-800-7967. Make the call. Get the ascent plan. Good, bad, and ugly coming up. You need to see this jazz team up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy! Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win jazz tickets. As The Zone will give away jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. 
All natural ingredients, no preservatives, and plenty of protein. G2G bars are perfect for anyone who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. Also, RGS Exteriors and Construction, they are obsessed with quality results. Good, bad, and ugly. Always brought to you by our good friends at RGS Exteriors. If you're looking for some brick, some siding, hit them up. That's RGS Exteriors. Start with the good. Well, Lloyd, I'm sure you saw this. You saw the altercation. You saw the fight that went down between Pelicans forward Zion Williamson. And really, this thing was started between Zion Williamson and Kevin Love. If For those of you that didn't kind of see what started the altercation, Kevin Love with a foul. Zion goes up for a shot, misses the shot. Butler grabs the rebound, starts to take off. Zion kind of puts his shoulder into Butler, stops him square, rips the ball away, lays the thing up, and then the altercation goes down. Uh, you saw Butler and Pelicans forward, Najee Marshall. They they kind of got each other. Najee Marshall grabbed Butler by the throat and kind of shoved him back. Well, the good today, suspensions have been handed down. Butler, Marshall, Alvarado, and Bryant were all ejected. Love was assessed a common foul, and today, Jimmy Butler is among five players that were suspended without play for this altercation. You've got Butler and Najee Marshall that were suspended for one game for instigating and engaging in the on-court altercation, and then you've got Pelicans guard Jose Alvarado and Heat center Thomas Bryant that were suspended three games each for leaving the bench area during the encore altercation and fighting. And then you got Miami forward Nikolajovic, who was also suspended, suspended for one game for leaving the bench. Lloyd, you know it. You can't I, leave the bench. I think what I've learned in all of this, by the way, is that Kevin Love is still in the league. Th- that's that was the thing. <laughs> I think that's what I learned from all of like. Wait, and, he's and still he's, here? And he's still an instigator. He is. Absolutely. He's the one that kind of kicked this whole thing up with the with the hard foul. I know Jimmy Butler was in on the action, too. But did you watch when Zion threw his shoulder in, stopped Butler, and grabbed the ball from him? Like, give me that. Jimmy Butler's looking at him like, whoa, man. Uh, five, I was like, oh, boy, this is about to get ugly. Five suspensions. But the, the heavy suspensions were the ones that were coming off the bench to fight. You know you can't come off the bench. As they should, and I'm still surprised people still. I guess your immediate reaction is to protect your guys, but you got you got to stay put. You can't do it. You just can't. Yeah, if I'm remembering right, Alvarado and Bryant. I think that they were by the scores table, and I can't remember if it was Alvarado that threw it at Bryant or Bryant that threw it at Alvarado. But if I remember, you remember because there was the big scuffle that happened between Najee and Butler, and then they were actually assessing the fouls and booting people. And then another fight breaks out between Alvarado and Bryant over by the scores table. It was kind of an ugly scene. Not really ugly. It was still fake, tough, like the NBA typically is. But five suspensions handed down. All right, let's get to the bad. Now the bad. Yeah, this film is not good. Cam Newton is showing in a film, getting in a fight with a group of guys recently. And... It's at this Best Academy, 6 through 12, there in Atlanta, the BEST Academy. And I guess Cam Newton runs a the C1N or 7-7 seven seven league team that he brings or 
recruits. And the video's terrible, man. I, you know, my, my initial instincts are to try to blame it on Cam Newton because he's boastful and in your face and pretty arrogant. And you want to blame it on Cam Newton. But I've also seen film, and I'm sure, Lloyd, you've seen the film. You remember when the high school player was instigating with Cam Newton and Cam yelled a couple things back and but kept his cool? I think Cam Newton takes a lot of shots. I think he takes a lot of shots, and I think he takes People a lot of People taking shots at him. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Verbal shots and trying to act tough and trying to be overly cool. And I think Cam Newton deals with a lot. And he's, I mean, he's an absolute target. I mean, you see him, you recognize him. Like, he's... He's massive. Yeah, he's massive. You see him again going against these three guys, and he's like, he's ragdolling these He's guys. ragdolling yeah. them. And he's wearing a, a crazy, it does look like a witch's hat. It does. It does. It looks like he's wearing. That's his M.O. He loves these weird hats. The Wicked Witch of the West hat. And it's it's really strange watching him chuck dudes while wearing a witch's hat. But he was chucking dudes. It's just an ugly look, man. You know, if you're a parent and you've got a kid on that 7 and 7 team, you're like, What? If you got a kid that's you're, you're enrolling in with Cam Newton's whatever class or whatever organization, you're like, what? That's an ugly look. It doesn't matter how you paint it. If I'm him and, and this stuff likes happening, I'm, I'm gonna stop doing this stuff. I'm gonna stop being a part of some of these things. Well, and that's the tough thing. He does put himself out there. He does. He's around public and he's he's around kids and he is approachable and addressable. I will tell you that Ty Detmer's the same and. You never saw a Ty Detmer scrapping with people. So there, there's something there. Hey, if only he put as much effort into the fight as he did to, to get a fumble as he did into this fight. Did Cam Newton win the Heisman? What's that? Did Cam Newton win the Heisman? Yes. Yeah, okay. Just and you, sure. you remember that fumble in the Super Bowl that he, he, he went to go comparison. get and he backed out? In the Super Bowl? He did what? He went to go. There was a fumble in the Super Bowl. Oh, yes, and yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was he like, to go, nah, and he's like, oh, nope, I'm not business, getting in there. Business decision. Yeah, I do remember that. All right, there's your bad. Let's get to the ugly. And, of course, the ugly. So the UFC took their fight night, 237, to Mexico City. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen this clip yet, Lloyd? Brawl breaks out in the crowd in Mexico City, and nobody stops it. And this brawl just continues to escalate until one individual steps up with his left hand at Haymaker and just starts knocking dudes out. He's just thump, thump, and he's knocking guys out. And guys are falling straight to their heads on the hard cement floor. And then you see, once he starts knocking people's teeth out, everybody's like, ah, oh, and everybody starts to break up. But this thing went on forever. And here's Dana White addressing the situation in the postgame. Uh, what's your final feeling about the event? We know that there was a, a fight in the crowd that is not looks good uh, for the UFC. But what is uh, your final thoughts about, about this event? So the fight in the crowd doesn't look good for the UFC? I mean, that never happens. That never, literally never happens. It happened here in Mexico City. The crazy thing about that fight, when that fight broke out, it felt like it kept going forever. So I ran over there, and I was watching it. Nobody stopped it. I mean, I was waiting for security to come in. They just let him go till it was over. 
That's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, I don't think it's a bad look for the UFC. It happened and, you know, that was the end of that. I think after everybody else saw that shit, nobody else, nobody else wanted to try that again. No security. The fight just went on until the fight was over. I've never seen any shit like that in my life. Crazy. <laughs> Dana's like, it looks bad for the UFC? Really? I think it looks bad for Mexico City because this looks bad for their security. This doesn't happen in the UFC, and let alone it doesn't happen for a ten-minute stretch where people are just throwing haymakers. And Dana people said, are like looking like, can we break this up? Dana said it went until it was over, and it was the dude in the black shirt that came in and ended it because everybody just started passing out. This guy was handing out all kinds of sleeping pills, <laughs> and guys. Guys were going out. The only thing they remember is their head hitting the back of the, the cement and them waking up thinking, well, where am I? Luckily, he came in. I guess he's security because he decided to end the fights. But Dana's right. This isn't a bad look for the UFC. It's a terrible look for Mexico City. Make sure you've got security members. I guess, UFC, make sure that the venues you're stepping into has the right security. Maybe that's kind if of not, on you. maybe get some extra security Maybe. And, and by the way, he said that doesn't happen at UFC events. Dana, Dana, don't lie. We, we can, we can take some, like we could take some of those things, but Dana, you know, cause I just saw a big brawl that broke out at one of his events and it was between two of his fighters. No, yeah. those, those events don't have people looking to fight. What are you talking about? Hey, You're crazy. Were you at, uh, Yes. Were you at yes, that one event? Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. When our guy got hauled out in a full Nelson? Yeah. I missed that guy, by the way. <laughs> a female security guard. A, a big brawl broke out in this uh, venue that Lloyd and I were at. And a female bodyguard or security guard decided to target one of our guys. Who <laughs> I don't even think had anything to do with anything. He was drunk. He was- <laughs> off his rocker he was all the sheets to the wind and she just decided to pick him out of the crowd and threw him in a full nelson <laughs> and he's the nicest most gentle non-violent guy and there's a hundred people in there that are, that are throwing fists and she takes this guy that was drunk and standing against the rail with us out it was like yeah you're kind of going after the wrong guy there all right Whole world news coming up next. Scotty G, live from Fresno. He's made it to the landing spot. We'll talk with Scotty G coming up next and through the 2 o'clock hour. That's all coming up. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. He played for the Utah Jazz from 2004 to 2011. He's an NBA All-Star and an NBA champion. Remember to occur. Your time in Utah remains beloved by Jazz fans. Do you feel that when you come to Utah? I always feel. I mean, it's, as soon as I step on the airport and when I'm here, even started from baggage claim to the hotel to the arena to the, on the street, try to get a coffee. Like, I feel that love from people. 
world. And uh, that kind of shows me, especially my when I walk around with my kids and family, when I get that still, that love from fans, they're like, oh, dad, you must have done something good here, kind of feeling, you know? I was like, I guess I did it okay. <laughs> so it kind of like, it did a lot really, really, really like, makes me feel great. And I feel so still. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Go! It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. We've got, we got the, the whole world in our hands. <laughs> Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Greetings from Fresno, everybody. Hi, Hands. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. Glad you made it. Well, yeah, we got thrown for a loop with the travel yesterday. I was supposed to leave after the show. Flight got all jacked around, and so it's like, okay, well, we got to leave at 11. So, anyway, we're here. So, we're good to go, man. Fubard. Uh, Big time Fubard. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If this is the worst I deal with, then I think we'll be okay. That's... It's not too bad. Everything, uh, I, I'm bummed out. I missed the Lynn Roberts conversation. Uh, like that was a fun one. She's spectacular. She literally is one of my favorite coaches in the state of Utah. She is just incredible and great conversation. We will be posting that conversation here in just a little bit. But, yeah, Scotty, she was excellent. That's awesome. Complimentary well, of Utah State, too. Well, you know, that's the, it. it's always funny to hear how tight-knit the coaching community is. And it's – it's pretty uh, – you know, these people, they, they know each other. They interact with each other, even on the men's and women's side. And so it's not surprising at all that there's some familiarity there for sure. So it's, that, that's pretty fascinating to hear. Well, Scotty, whole world news today. This one actually hits really close to home. I think you and Lloyd would be interested in this. So a radio station went off air in Jasper, Alabama back on February 2nd. They sent the maintenance crew to go take a look at things, and here's the story. Welcome in, everyone. New Live at 5. And this one really had us scratching our heads here in the newsroom. A 200-foot AM radio tower in Walker County is gone stolen without a trace. Those kind of things are just walk away by themselves. Officers are searching tonight for the thieves and the tower and trying to solve what is now a federal crime. WJLX AM's station with a much weaker signal tonight in Tristan Rupert in Walker County with the conversation with the station's general manager. Station General Manager Brett Elmore remains hopeful that somebody shares information that allows law enforcement to find those responsible for the theft. Still, even he is blown away by what happened. I've tried all weekend to, to figure it out and I just can't. I've, I've been in the radio business around it all my life and, and then been in it for 26 years professionally. And I can say I've never heard of anything like this. And this one, I've seen it all now. Elmore says they first learned the theft on Friday. He says a bushhog crew went down to the WJLX tower site to clean up the property, but the thieves had already cleared it out. When he arrived, he called me on Friday and said, uh, the, the tower's gone. And, I, and I, so I said, what do you mean the tower's gone? You know, and uh, are, you, are you sure you're at the right place? You know, and he said, no. He said, the tower's gone. There's wires everywhere and it's gone. 
Elmore says they are working with the FCC to get temporary authority to carry on while they rebuild the AM side of their operations. Still, it's unclear just how long the rebuild efforts could take. This really hurts a small operation like this, but like I say, uh, I believe we're going to find out who did this. It's a federal crime, and it, it absolutely will not be worth it to them. Again, if you know anything at all, they're asking you contact. Wait, it's a a 200-foot tower? Gone. Yes. How do you steal a 200-foot tower? I, I don't know, but the first thing I thought when I heard that story is, have, have we sent anybody up, like, lately just to, to go <laughs> take a peeksy poo make sure that, that sucker's still up there? Uh, you know, I think it might be worth it. I think it probably has been a year or two since, uh, well, never mind. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's a new one, man. That I, that's it's pretty hard to walk off with a two hundred foot tower. I can't even understand. I guess, I guess it just. I guess you would you would push it over, you would topple it, and then you would part it out. That's two hundred. You you know these antennas really well, Scotty. I mean, that's two hundred feet of just metal rotting. Right? Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, we're talking about tons and tons of steel there. I mean, it's just crazy amounts of metal. Uh, we did have, when I first started in um, as a PD over the old K-Fan, we had the uh, 12, eight, or we had 1320 and then 1230, which was a low-power site. It was in Murray. And uh, and we did, and that did go off the air because uh, a couple of tweakers went in and ripped out a bunch of <laughs> copper wire out of it. Tweakers. Uh, hey. to sell to sell the copper and uh and and everybody was like i don't know how these dudes didn't electrocute themselves and die <laughs> on the site um but apparently getting high on meth they they didn't care and they and they were arrested on the site um but uh but they ripped out a bunch of copper so i've seen that happen but i've never seen anybody actually bring down an entire tower depending on what their ratings are maybe the first suspect needs to be the competitor yeah it could be well, that's that's a good point. You know. I, I do, we could because have, because we have well, never mind, <laughs> Lloyd. You got to stop me. <laughs> I steered. Well, I, you know what? I steered it. My bad. Oh, I could say this. Uh, ben Anderson had a tower stolen out from under him. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, that's and it, look, the thirteen twenty was a great signal, and we had a lot of history there. And Ben goes in. And finds out that he lost his job because they were turning that site into a residential. Like they were going to make apartments out of it. They were selling it to make apartment complexes. Fantastic. Thank you like, for telling it's me that one, so late. Yeah, it's one thing to like lose your job because like, oh, you know, we're going a different direction or something like that. Like, no, you guys are doing fine. It's just uh, we, we want to use that land for something else. It's like, I, oh, oh, okay. I still can't believe that story. But, but Scotty, have you ever heard of anything like this? No. Not even close. Nothing like that. And and by the way, he said this is federal. My guess is it's prison time if they do oh, catch yeah. him, because the cost on those antennas. I mean, you got to be in the two hundred feet, hundreds this thing of thousands. Is 200, it's not like a set of keys. Yeah. Like, how how do you? <laughs> what do you even have to haul off two hundred feet know. worth of tower? But a lot of these are placed in secluded areas that don't get checked real often. So I guess. If you saw it as scrap metal that you could turn in for money, then maybe you go up there, topple a tower, and smash it and turn it in for money. But crazy story. Wow. Just that's insane. That's literally insane.
All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Look, if you're trying to improve your financial well-being, don't be stealing radio towers. Uh, call our guy, Ethan, from Teton, and uh, he can help you out. <laughs> yeah, I've Ethan, got better ideas. Ethan, you know the radio world. Uh, yeah. Did you hear this whole world news story? No, I missed it. I was on my way in when you guys got started on so it. So a signal went down in Alabama. A signal went down. They sent up the maintenance crew. The 200-foot tower is gone. Uh, it's gone. The whole thing's gone. <laughs> They're like, huh. Yeah, somebody stole I, it. I think I can come up with some better ways to earn some money for yeah. retirement. So, yeah. Yes. What you need is a plan. Those guys that stole the tower, they didn't have a plan. Uh, well, their plan is state penitentiary. <laughs> That's their retirement. <laughs> state retirement. Riding yeah. it out in a metal cot <laughs> is their retirement. But if you do want to put together a plan, something that gives you real confidence that you're going to be able to retire That's when right. you want to retire and be comfortable knowing what you've got financially, this is it. Yeah, that's right. We'll do for you an ascent plan. So we offered 10 for this uh, uh, for this radio show. So when we're on the show with you and Scotty, we're going to do 10 of these. We have we still have a few left, Good. so we're not out of them yet. So call us right now, 385-800-7967. We'll do a full ascent plan for you. This is the same ascent plan that we do for our client families. There is a well-worn path to retirement. All we need to do is show you how to get on it, and you can have the same great retirement that you see so many other people out there living. So if you are, maybe you are retired and you're worried about inflation and whether or not you can stay retired, this ascent plan is for you. Or if you're really starting to look at retirement saying, I got to get serious about this, but I'm concerned that I might be shooting myself in the foot right now. Well, this Ascent Plan is for you. You don't have to leave these questions unanswered. We believe at Teton Wealth Group, we believe more than anything that you deserve to live a life that you love. And and I know from personal experience, that's hard to do when you've got a lot of financial anxiety. So let's put that away because we can. So call 385-800-7967. That's 385-800-7967. We'll show you that well-worn path that so many families ahead of you have taken to a, a prosperous and joyful and wonderful retirement. Yeah, just sitting down and going over your assets and having it all put in order so you can see what your assets look like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you, you can get some subtle advice of, hey, you don't have enough insurance or you've got too much taxable or you've got, you need to boost a little bit of the non-taxable or you need to go in this avenue and it was really nice i've i've filled out the ascent plan i sat down with ethan for a while went through everything and it was really nice to see it and i keep that binder in my desk and i reference that it's not that you know you and i are actively engaged every day trying to get me going for retirement but i did that plan to know where i stand yeah it is it's just so incredibly valuable get some numbers down on play on paper and get a plan out ahead i mean that's that's the number one thing that you can do for yourself is just have a plan to move forward have a little bit of accountability get some of those tasks done you will be amazed and you'll be proud of how much progress you can make even in a short time it's better than you think it is yeah. 385 800-7967. This is a free ascent plan. Correct. Through Teton. 385-800-7967. Take action. Get started now so that in five, eight, ten years down the road, you can look back and say, man, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I, I called in and got that started because it will change the direction of your retirement. 385-800-7967. That's Teton. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right. Yeah.
97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Olson, Scott Gerard, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. Hope you all had a tremendous weekend. I know, Hans, normally we knock this stuff out at the beginning of the show, but uh, because I was a little late getting uh, into Fresno, your weekend good? Everything good? Yeah, man. Everything was fantastic. Got through it. It was actually a very lazy weekend. A lot of that, sitting that's, around. That's not how you do it normally. No. You know me, I don't. I do not like to sit around. But uh, Amanda had a little getaway, and so I just bachelored it up and may, mostly sat in a seat, left a couple sweat rings, and <laughs> ate some things I shouldn't have, and was very lazy. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, it was weird because Saturday I didn't have a game, and so I was like, "Well, what am I going to do?" And so I got this. Uh, I got this new uh, grill. So I fired up some steaks, actually made salsa. I experimented making salsa. I made a big batch of jerky on the smoker. Like, I was all domesticated over the weekend, man. <laughs> yeah, but this salsa looks pretty good. Did you? How do you roast them? Did you throw the, the peppers on the grill and then yeah. them? Yeah, so I, uh, I, I got this grill, and, um, uh, and so I roasted a bunch of tomatillos and jalapenos and serrano peppers and mixed it in with Lloyd's favorite cilantro mm. and uh some tomatoes and diced it all up and and uh yeah it it was uh it was really good. Turned out I, good. I don't in my opinion I thought it was good. I'm going to bring some in when I get back into town and I'll let you and I want you to be like totally honest cuz I've never done salsa. Uh, Lloyd, I know you do salsa all the time. I've never made salsa before. And so I'm like I need hands and and Lloyd to check this out to see if it's good. And I, if you guys don't think it's good, then I will be completely fine with it. It's my first time, but I want like an unedited, like don't worry about hurting my feelings opinion on this stuff. Okay, I will give it. I'm excited to give it a try. I have no problem hurting your feelings. I know. I see. That's why when I need truth, I know where I can go, and it's it's you too. And then because I had my, my, my wife and my neighbors, uh, they were like, eh, it's a little hot. So then I took it, and then I b- put a bunch of avocados and blended it up again with avocados in it. And that kind of dialed it down again. Hey, but do you I mind if I get some of the, the hot version? Do you have some of the hot Oh, no, yeah, I got the hot okay, version. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I didn't do all of it with avocados. I took some out, and so I've got like that and then some with avocados. And then another kind, they wanted it down a little bit more, and then I put a little cream cheese in it. And blended that up. I don't think that's going to make it till Wednesday when I get in. Plus, I wasn't a big fan of that. You doing a salsa garden this year, Scotty? Uh, no, no, I I don't have room or I don't have the space for a garden. I think you have room. Let's let's be no, honest. No, I don't. I don't really. No, because because the lawn isn't set up in such a way where I can really cut out a garden. And I plus, think I you can set it right up next to your basketball court. Well, then I got de- then I got deer that'll come and eat everything too. It's a full-size basketball. Yeah, but deer don't like jalapenos. You could set it next to that big shed that you're putting in just over to the north side of your house. That- well, that, is that a shed or is that a guest house? Uh, stop it. 
I, I thought it was going to be a shit. Have you turned that into a guest house now? Hey, look, only one of us have a guest house on our land. <laughs> this, and is it ain't me. this is true. <laughs> Lloyd has a guest house under his house. <laughs> Hey, uh, college hoops, uh, BYU. All right, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little uh, – if I'm BYU, I'm a little grumpy about this. Uh, sure, they got a loss over the weekend, but they did pick up a nice win uh, over 11th-ranked Baylor. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, then, uh, and then they lose over the weekend, but then they drop out of the top 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can understand BYU being a, being a little salty about that. It was a really good win against Baylor. Yeah. On the flip side, Utah State plays one game last week, and they beat San Diego State, which was a really impressive victory, and they jumped back into the top 25. But, uh, again, you're seeing two really good teams here in state in Utah and – or, excuse me, Utah State and BYU uh, that are right now on their way to getting into the NCAA tournament. Both teams with games coming up tomorrow, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out the final four games of the season. First but, time that BYU hasn't been in the top 25 since, I think, early early November somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm sure that BYU fans are upset. I would be. Number 11, Baylor. You got them at home, and then you go on the road, and you, you lose to Kansas State. But they've got a chance tonight to make it all up. And the Big 12, it remains tough. It's, it's still got four top 25-ranked teams. It's second right now to the SEC. The Southeastern Conference, Scotty, they've got six top 25-ranked teams right now. They've got Tennessee at number four, Auburn at 11, Kentucky at 16, uh, Alabama at 14, South Carolina at 18, and Florida at 24. They've got six top 25 t- teams right now. Yeah, that's that's a little on the surprising side. There's no doubt about that. And the Big 12 currently has four top 25 ranked teams. As BYU falls out of that top 25, um, you sit with number one, Houston, number eight, Iowa State, number seven, Kansas, and number 15, Baylor. The good thing for BYU, and uh, you know, you could look at it as the good thing and you could look at it as the bad thing, but tomorrow night, Tipping off against number seven Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse there in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, it's uh, Scotty. It's a, just an opportunity to. It's a tier one, so you know oh, yeah. it can't really hurt you. Um, it, all it can do is is great things for you if you can go on the road and get that win. You'll be right back in the top, solidly back in the top twenty. Oh yeah, especially and and Lloyd, it might be worth hitting up our guy Greg to talk to him tomorrow because I can't imagine how cool. And how fired up he is to be able to call a game at Fog Allen. I mean that that's that's one of the, I mean that, frankly it's the birthplace of college basketball. Honestly, uh, with Naismith and everything else that, that that is associated with that, and so um, just a a incredible venue to call a game and a great opportunity because let's be honest, Kansas they're not Kansas. You know they're look they're great. And 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 they've loaded with talent, but they've lost to Texas Tech. They've lost to Kansas State. They've lost to Iowa State. They've lost to West Virginia. They've lost to Central Florida. Uh, and uh, this would be a good year for BYU to go in there and uh, really make a statement. But they've only lost to one team at home. Yes. And that was a non-conference Marquette back in, uh, I think it might have been in November, if, if I remember. I was looking at it this morning. But they lost to Marquette. 
the very yeah November twenty first first uh, yeah front end early, of the season early in the season yeah and Marquette stands strong and and uh, how about Marquette going into Fog Island and getting themselves a win it's it's a tough place they have not lost a conference game in that arena yet this year so a conference game in that arena yet this year so it's a tall task for BYU but they could do it they could go get it. Yeah, actually, I think that Marquette game was in Hawaii. Oh, was it in Hawaii? Yeah, I think that was a neutral game. Okay, so they don't they don't have a home loss. Yeah, yeah, they don't lose in that in that place. It just doesn't happen. Um, and so I think that uh, I think they've got a great opportunity to. Uh, and I might be wrong on that. Let me double check. Um, but but I, I it's just I mean it's such a. I was talking when I talked to Jeff Goodman the other day when he You're was right. at that, that Utah was the, State game. That was the Maui Invitational. You're right. When um, when I was talking to Jeff Goodman, who writes for Field of sixty eight, one of the best college basketball guys out there, and we were, you know, and he was just blown away by the atmosphere of of the spectrum. And I said, you know, and I asked him, you know, you've been all over the place, and he goes, look, Kansas is number one. Nobody touches Kansas. NBA, college, mm-hmm. whatever. Kansas is the pinnacle of home court advantage in all of collegiate sports and and then he goes and then everybody else is battling for number two <laughs> and but he goes not only is it loud i mean not only is it intimidating by what the students do but just the sheer number of people because that place is enormous and can hold a bunch i mean it seats you know nearly seventeen thousand people at that in that arena <laughs> and they're all loud and it's intimidating and it's just a miserable place to play so and plus, they're good too. I mean, yeah, they're loaded with talent. So they certainly BYU's got their work cut out for them. But imagine going into Kansas and still in a victory there. Um, you know, the interesting thing about Utah State right now is they've just been through the gauntlet in terms of who they've played um, over the last stretch, and now the schedule really lightens up for them. Uh, but so you know, they look. They just played two back-to-back quad one games. They've played either a quad two or a quad one game in five out of the last six games uh, Utah State has. And now they're going to play three pretty miserable teams in Fresno State, Air Force, and San Jose State. But you just saw that Air Force goes into the pit Mm -hmm. and beat New Mexico over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So Something that Utah State couldn't do. Yeah, exactly. So you cannot – I mean, if if you for a moment feel like you can blink over these next three games – you can destroy your resume really quickly. Yeah, like, like you know, like all of us out there, you work hard to try to build your credit rating, you know, and you're like, okay, you know, you pay your bills on time and you try to do everything you can to build good credit, and it only takes one bad month to wreck your credit. Yep. And the same thing here with with Utah State, like you, you know, you you work hard, and you you try to do everything you can to build up that NCAA resume, and one game against Fresno, Air Force, or San Jose State could just wreck it in a hurry. Yeah, uh, Scotty, Utah State they can they currently control their destiny for Mount West yes. Conference outright, right? One hundred percent. Yep. So they are in sole possession of first place. That's the other thing. You've got an outright Mount West Conference championship on the line. It's in your hands. And this is the way you would want to finish. If you got to play New Mexico, at least you got to you got them at home in the spectrum. Which, you know, I I know Boise State was a lot of fun, and I know you talked about that San Diego State environment. But <laughs> having New Mexico come into that that arena, that's going to be 
and and probably I I would imagine the Mount West Conference Championship would still be on the line at that point, very potentially. Uh, yeah, I would think so. I think I don't think Utah State will have much wiggle room going into that game now. New Mexico it had and it looked like New Mexico was probably going to have a good chance of winning out, and so we all thought that that game at the end of the year was going to be. Utah State in New Mexico, and the winner of that would win the regular season and have the one seed. Well, New Mexico losing to Air Force certainly put a uh, change that up in a hurry. So, I mean, as of right now, you look at the Mountain West standings, and you've got Utah State at ten and four. Oh, actually, I, I forget Boise State still at ten and four. So, uh, Utah State has sole possession just because they won both games against Boise State. Mm-hmm. So, they have the tiebreaker there. Uh, San Diego State is uh just uh half game back at 10 and 5 and so and then you've got nevada at 9 and 5 and unlv at 9 and 5 so you have all these teams like utah state could go from the one to the five seed in a hurry but here's boise state's finish scotty at air force new mexico at home nevada at home at san diego state that's their final four (laughs) there could be two losses there easy easy three Yeah, yeah easy it's a tough finish yeah. Yeah, the Utah State's stretch run, at least record-wise, is much easier than anybody else in the conference. However, it can get away from you real quick if you're not careful. All right. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm in Fresno. It'll be Utah State, Fresno State coming up tomorrow. Uh, you'll hear it right here on the zone. Hands back in our studios in Salt Lake. Ethan Millard hanging out from uh, Teton Wealth and uh, so many great things going on there, Hans. Yeah, a lot of great things. 385-800-7967. We've been talking about the free ascent plan. That's right. This ascent plan is, it has stood the test of time. Yes. It It is shown, it has proved to be a very resourceful way to start into retirement. This ascent plan, and by the way, this ascent plan is the same ascent plan that we do for every family that we work for. All of our client families have ascent plans. This is how we start that process. And you're right, it stands up the test of time. If you if you want to know how it is that people retire, if you want to know why all these people seem to have such great retirements and how do you get on that train, well, the ascent plan. So, you know, call right now because we're doing we're doing 10. For the first 10 people that call in at 385-800-7967, we have a few left, so I think we're going to time it out real well today. Good. Um, but let me give you just a little bit of, of insight into what is included in this plan. There are basically five areas that you need to make sure you've got handled for a great retirement. You've got to have a plan for your income, investments, taxes, health care, and estate. That's what we cover in the Ascent Plan. So if you are getting ready to retire, but you're worried there's something that is going to sabotage you, maybe it's a, 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 an imminent downturn in the market, or maybe you're concerned about some of the decisions that you've made. Well, this ascent plan is for you. If you are, maybe you are retired and you're worried that you won't be able to continue to afford your lifestyle because of inflation, this ascent plan is for you. It's interesting. I never really think of that demo. Yeah. Well, you know what? Most most people make their first attempt to retire kind of on their own. Uh-huh. And a lot of guys are successful. A lot of men and women are successful because let me tell you something. This work that, that we do at Teton Wealth Group, it is not rocket science. So if you want to sit down and dedicate the time and effort into learning it, 
I know a lot of people who are doing a great job at DIYing their retirement. Yeah. But you know what? Is that what you want to do? Is that how you want to spend your time? Right. And so call right now, 385-800-7967. And honestly, Hans, that's who we hear from the most are people who have just started that retirement process mm-hmm. and they're starting now they're retired. The anxiety's ramped up. Huh. The stakes have ramped up. And so they're looping back around saying, hey, I've retired, but really I need a plan to make this stick. Well, let's reach out to them right now because you do have a free, you've got some free ascent plans. Yeah, that's right. to give away. That's right. 385-800-7967. If you're currently retired, you just started into retirement, you're just about to retire. How about just sitting down with Ethan, sitting down with Teton and taking a look at the plan and getting a path put together for you and your loved ones so you can start into retirement. That's right. That's all it takes. 385-800-7967. You would be amazed at how much just a little bit of planning will do to reduce your anxiety, get you on that well-worn path to a successful retirement. Ethan's great to work with. I work with him. My parents work with him. He's just fantastic. 385-800-7967. Get a hold of one of these free ascent plans. Call right now. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll spin the wheel coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. Joining us right now, collegefootballnews.com. He is Pete Futak. Pete, what's going on, man? Give me the superpower team you're really freaked out about in the Big 12. There isn't one, which is why, you know, Utah is probably one of the favorites right now. Arizona is one of the favorites. Oklahoma State, one of those teams is going to get in the college football playoff. So it's just going to make the regular season that much bigger because now it's not just up to a panel of judges to come up with four teams. Top five ranked conference champions get in, seven at large. It's fine. You know, a little cookie to the group of five program champions. And they get their say in there. And then you get other teams, you know, who like an FSU of last year might get their moment and get in the playoff and, you know, do what they can do. It's just going to make suburbs that much bigger. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. The wheel is loaded and it's time to talk some sports. This is Sports Roulette with Hanson Scotty on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Sports Roulette. We take some of the big storylines and put it on a roulette wheel. We spin it wherever that little ball lands is what we end up talking about. It's all brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. Utah Community Credit Union. Learn and earn with the app. Paying your family to learn about money. Again, all brought to you by UCCU. All right, I'm here in Fresno, Utah State, Fresno State coming up tomorrow. Uh, Hans, you're back in uh, studios in Salt Lake City. Uh, but we, doesn't matter where we're at, the wheel is always there and ready to go. Lloyd, fired up. Just put me in the game. So the new EA NCAA football game is going to be arriving pretty soon. And there was a story that was put out over the weekend 
talking about the NCAA players making $600 if they opt in. So then their name will be put on the jersey. And I don't, they're, they're not going to really get into the likeness. I, got, I can't imagine. But I've already seen complaining about the $600 that's going to be given out to these student athletes. Scotty, oh, a couple things before we jump into this. Um, I was talking about the the six thousand dollars we used to get from the NFL. I think it's up to like eighteen, seventeen, or eighteen thousand now that the NFL players get. But there's about eighteen hundred NFL players total. About eighteen hundred NFL players, and and Madden is a juggernaut. That EA Madden game is a juggernaut. So they pay out about seventeen, eighteen hundred players, twelve, somewhere around sixteen, eighteen thousand dollars. These college athletes, there's over 11,000 college athletes. There's over 11,000 college football players that can opt in and get the $600. And out of the 11,000, Scotty, what is there? Maybe 12, 15 that would be like nationally recognizable that would deserve more money? Yeah, that's about it. Maybe 15, 20 tops. That's it. Yeah. And and really, it's like typically it's like six to eight that in a given season are in our face every week, and and not many outside of that because we don't get into the Outland Trophy winners as much. That you know there might be one or two defensive linemen in in the United States of America that's worth note in a given football season. These guys should be falling over themselves not only to get the six hundred dollars, but to be represented, I talked about being in – I'm in four NCAA games and two Madden games, and I think that's incredible. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's awesome. I'm glad that I'm at least – my number's in the NCAA games and my image is in the Madden games. <sighs> I got a lot of thoughts. I should probably just keep them to myself. I just – like, you're in a game – you're getting $600. I think for the most part, most athletes are going to be like, this is really cool. Oh, and by the way, I don't know. Did you mention this? You get a free you get a free game, too. Yeah, you get the game. You get the game for free. So just take it. Just can we just take it? But I'm sure there'll be more lawsuits and this will get shut down and then nobody will get the game. I know I'm not just, a professional golfer, but when I was able to add my – likeness yeah. to Tiger Woods like to to his game it was freaking awesome you put your you could put your likeness in yes it? absolutely I got a golfer who looks just like me oh really yeah. yes yeah Did is it, this is this a new one or is this a no this one? is an older one do they pay you for that <laughs> no they should because I'm really good is his name but... Cole did they use your, your yes his name is Cole the third well maybe you should sue I'm just saying yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> it it's is really cool. awesome is what I'm I just know. saying. It's the point I'm making is that it's really awesome. I know. Yeah. I'll be a part of it. I really think most of these college kids don't care. Most of these college. No, I think you're right. 90% of them are like, just throw my name and image in there. That's fine. But yeah. Give me a free game and we'll call it good. There's a few that do deserve it. There's a few. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lloyd, spin it. Don't worry, this idiot will still be employed. Here we go again, Scotty. Richard Sherman arrested for a DUI at 4 o'clock on Saturday morning. Wow. I don't know, man. It's like, 
I don't want to have hate and ugly in my heart, but the entire time this idiot, this moron was sitting at a desk, we knew that he shouldn't be at that desk. Nope. He reportedly told troopers that he had two margaritas. He refused the breathalyzer, but he did agree to voluntary tests, so he stepped out of the car, gave the field sobriety tests, and the troopers said that they saw signs of him being under the influence, so they arrested him right there. Uh, cuffed him, took him down, processed him. And the thing that drives me bonkers, I'm just going back to the 2021 incident that led to a March of 22nd case. He said after his arrest that he was deeply remorseful in 2022 to the two misdemeanor counts and first degree negligent driving and second degree criminal trespassing. He also admitted to criminal infraction of speeding in a roadway construction zone. He said, I'm grateful for the community we have and the way people continue to accept you, even though you're flawed human being and you make mistakes. Here's the deal, you idiot. You were given a second chance. And less than two years later, after you pled guilty, and the only reason you pled guilty is because you know what you did. You were on film, intoxicated, trying to break into your in-law's house to assault them where your in-laws were armed with a gun and pepper spray in fear for their life, and you get drunk and step behind the wheel of a car. Look, we all do dumb things. I get it. Scotty, you know I've done so many dumb things, dumb things that I absolutely regret. And the, the least you can do when somebody says, all right, here's a second chance. Fox Sports 1 puts them at the desk. Here's the second chance. And this is what you do with it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it blows me away. It really does. And that's the thing. I, I think people understand that you and I and, and most people are pretty forgiving for mistake number one. It's mistake two, three, four, five, six. That's when we're like, okay, all right. Because you and I, yeah, we've all done dumb things. We continue to do dumb things all the time. Now, not like this, but but it's when you stack your mistakes over and over and over again. That's when it's like, okay, no, 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 no. We're done here. We're done. But it's you're like, a moron. At, at one point, especially in this occupation, where you're at a desk and you're representing the NFL and you're representing Fox Sports 1, at what point, I mean, after harassing, that video of him trying to break down oh, the door is yeah. extremely incriminating and horrifying and disgusting and despicable and spineless and gross that that film alone should have kept him out in front or out from in front of the population and they still they rolled him out there and then he goes and does this tell me this takes him it takes him off the desk tell uh, me we won't. don't have to see this buffoon sitting at a desk no you will you're right like just like the headline he, he he's not going anywhere Gosh, he'll be just fine damn it this pisses me off yeah. because that is a coveted role Yep. That yep. is a multi-million dollar role that could be given to somebody that truly does care about community, that truly does have an understanding of what's despicable and what's acceptable. And, and well, you know, go ahead. Well, let me ask you this, Hans. Let's take the DUI out of it. At what point have you ever in a, you know, in a broadcast or watching a game or anything like this, 
said to yourself, I wonder what Richard Sherman thinks, Never. or I can't wait until I see Richard Sherman break this down, or I want him to tell me what happened Never. in this course of the game. He doesn't bring any insight. Never. Like there are certain guys that I want to know what they have to say, that I respect their opinion. I respect their thoughts and their analysis of the game. There are certain guys out there. I'm like, I want to know what he thinks about this. I have never, not once ever been like, oh man, Richard, that was a great breakdown. I learned a lot about the game. I don't. It's about him. He's a blowhard. Uh, You can tell he's got personal issues with guys in the league that he, uh, that he's biased towards. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, look, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, my feelings on Russell Wilson, but you know he hates Russell Wilson and will go well out of his way to take shots on that guy, and he does it with other guys in the league. Like, he's more about making it about him and his personal vendettas than it is about trying to take the viewer inside the game and teaching them about the game, and that's what I ultimately want. I'm sorry, man. With those images that are out there there of him trying to bust down a door while completely intoxicated, putting the fear of individuals' lives in, in into perspective while they're sitting behind that door hoping it holds, holding a gun, hoping that their lives aren't ended. And there's that image out there. I mean, okay, so what do you need from Richard Sherman? You need the image of him actually busting down the door and punching in the face of whoever he was after? Is that what you need? Like, Richard Sherman has done enough. Yeah. Yep. And then the fact that he chugs down a couple of margaritas, which you know it was more than that, if he got out of the car and couldn't follow through with field sobriety, he was doing 79 and a 60. That's why he got pulled over at 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday Hmm. um, in Renton. And I just – I throw up my hands because I know that he'll be back at a desk soon, and I'll have to sit there and look at him in disgust. Can't believe that he's taking the spot that somebody could be occupying that deserves it. All right, Lloyd, one more. Spin it. I'm going to need your number to make sure you get home safe. All right, Hans. I'm going to end uh, Sports Roulette on a good note for you, okay? Because I know you're in a salty mood after that Richard Sherman. Okay. Uh, Jake Jake Knapp. Uh, I don't know how many of you are watching the uh, PGA Tours Mexico Open over the weekend. Well, Jake Knapp brings home the title, earns himself $1.45 million. Well, if you don't know about Jake Knapp, it's because not a lot of people know who Jake Knapp is, but he did take the Hans Olsen path to stardom because two years ago, um, he ran out of money while trying to qualify for the PGA Tour. So to save up money to get back on the ability to uh, manage his expenses and be able to get to these tournaments, he spent nine months working as a bouncer at a nightclub (laughs) to save up money. Now, two years later, he's won the PGA's uh, Mexico Open. He won, as we mentioned, about $1.4 million, and he now has an automatic bid into the Masters. He was a bouncer, huh? Yeah, so congratulations to him. He is a uh, – he will be in the Masters, and that's – I'm telling you, you know, for all you kids out there, sometimes you have to take a weird path to make your dreams come true. Well, just keep – just keep working. Just keep just keep plugging away. Who knows what kind of path you have to take, but you know what? If you're willing, the grind is real, folks. Hey, let me tell you, a bouncer's wage is an honest wage. 
<laughs> yeah. You do the work. And if yeah, you get, I know that's if you get a number, that's just bonus. <laughs> Whatever, Lloyd. What? I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. It's hey. a number, it's a it's, it's added bonus. I hope you know that when we when we joke about that, it is done out of respect and out of uh, a lot of frankly jealousy for coming up with that idea of like, hey girl, you know what? I just want to make sure you get home safe. There's a lot of people roaming these mean streets of Orem. And I'm going to need your number just to make sure you get home safe. And I might be one of them. And by the way, I was 300 pounds, and I used to dress in the tightest pants and the tightest shirt that I could find, and I'd roll the sleeves up. Oh, yeah. It was quite the sight. Get those guns out. It's a lot of beef walking around. I can see that. I will tell you, we didn't have any fights on my watch. Oh, I'm sure. There were no problems. Yep. Until that stupid Offspring concert. That really threw a wrench in everything. That lead singer for Offspring is a real piece of work. All right. Hands and Scotty will wrap up this bad boy next. 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Time to talk basketball with David Locke. How much do you think Colin Sexton has changed opinions about him this season? Has any player changed opinions about him more in the NBA? Will Hardy said, sometimes you got to learn from the player. And Colin Sexton's taught me more than any player I've ever coached in the sense that Will admitted, yeah, I was influenced by every story I heard, which was the fact that he was a ball hog and he put up points on a bad team and he didn't do anything for teammates. And he's like, I've experienced nothing similar. He was the worst assist-to-usage rate player in the NBA for two years, basically, which means that the rate of assists and amount of times he shot was the lowest of any player in the league. That's a ball hog. That is not who we are seeing at all. Earlier this year, I made a comment to someone that I've never been around a player with better intentions with less chance of getting it done. And he proved me 100% wrong. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Standing here beside you. Want so much to give you this love in my heart. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, wrapping up another edition of the uh, of the show. Fun one today. I guess when I'm only here for an hour and a half. I apologize again, Hans. My bad. You're good, Scotty. You're good, man. Turned out okay. We did miss you to start the show, though. My friends at Delta, they did me dirty. Normally, they're great. I'm not even complaining because 95% of the time, they're great. Yesterday, was that, they was threw that me for a flat tire on, a, on the plane? Lloyd. <laughs> it was a de-icing issue, I'm sure. <laughs> those flat tires on those planes. Whoosh, they get you. <laughs> well, we'll be back at it tomorrow. we got a busy day of college hoops tomorrow. we got NBA action breakdown, all kinds of good stuff. BYU in Kansas, Utah State in Fresno. So we'll have a busy show uh, coming up tomorrow. But, Hans, I know you're hanging out with our good friend Ethan from uh, Teton Wealth as well. Yeah, and they're ready to get you set up, you know, get you ready for the future. Maybe if you've just retired and you're a little bit nervous about if you can make it financially, you know, that's one thing that I watched you kind of help my parents with understand because they're retired and they moved out of state 
and they settled in with Teton, and you just kind of helped them understand where they're at and what well, they can afford and what they're doing. You know, once you get into retirement, the, all the rules change, right? The game really changes. Your investments change, your outlook changes, the priorities change. Uh, and especially nowadays where inflation has been such a problem, a lot of people are looking at their retirement thinking, boy, can I even do this? And if that's you, if you're looking at that and if you're looking at the, you know, the specter of a, of a market downturn, which is going to happen at some point, and you're thinking, boy, I don't know if I can make this retirement stick or I don't know if I'm going to be ready to retire. Well, call us right now, 385-800-7967. We'll do an ascent plan for you. This is the same ascent plan that we do for our client families. We're, we've been offering it to uh, to, to listeners of, of uh, the Hans and Scotty show today at no cost and no obligation. And can I just really quick kind of pull the curtain back on that a little yeah. bit, Scott? So here's how it works. Because every time I say there's no cost, I kind of I can kind of hear people rolling their eyes. Even through the radio, I can hear it. So it works like this. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to do 10 ascent plans for the 10 of you that we've offered this to, right? That have called in at, at 385-800-7967. Besides, I think, uh, by the way, I think we have like two left. So oh, make sure that you get on there and grab that. But we're going to spend the next about two weeks doing these 10 ascent plans. When all that's done, probably two or three of you are going to say, you know what? I love Teton Wealth Group. I love their location in Murray's super convenient. I love the team, their outlook. I want to work with them. And that's awesome. That's what we're looking for. The other seven of you, you're going to get the full ascent plan. You're going to get your questions answered. We're going to show you that well-worn path to a prosperous and joyful retirement. And then just call me if you need us. That's it. That's it. No pressure. It all go. It all goes home with you. So either way, you know, you're, you're going to be able to know what those tasks are, know how to fulfill them, and it's going to be awesome. So so call with confidence, 385-800-7967, and let's show you that well-worn path. If, if you're concerned about inflation, uh, this is for you. If you're concerned about the market downturn, this is for you. And if you're just concerned about how all those people ahead of you, family members, friends, have had a great retirement, and you don't know how, this is how. 385-800-7967. Pick up one of the two spots remaining. 385-800-7967. Get your phone out right now. Dial it. 385-800-7967. Pick up one of those two spots. and I promise you, if anything else, you, you come out educated and oh, yeah. knowing more about what your future will look like. And oh, that yeah. Ascent Plan packet is so much fun to have. That's Teton Wealth. Ethan, thanks for a great day. Thanks, guys. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, coming up next, JJ and Alex, straight ahead.